My name's Owen, I'm the Dungeon Master of our Return of the Giants campaign. Hello everyone, my name's Jared. I'm playing the uh, character of Thrain, Path of the Giant Barbarian, and he is seeking um, to learn about his heritage of the uh, Frost Giants. Hi, I'm Ali, and I'm playing Lyra, the Eldering Druid. Hi, I'm Matt, I'm playing Niall Silverman, the uh, Monk Owlin. Hi guys, my name's Simon, I'm playing the character of Ember. He wants to be a master of wildfire, but does he have the skills to be best one? <laughs> Hi, I'm Dave. My character is Harry Harrington the Herringon, a roguish merchant with a heart of gold. Hello! Yo. Hello! How you doing, everybody? Welcome to the Lost Archives. My name's Owen. I'm the Dungeon Master of our Return of the Giants campaign, and we are very excited to be back. We are a little bit of a skeleton crew tonight. Somewhat appropriate given that Halloween is on its way. Um, there are only three players joining me for tonight's session, Simon, Matt, and Ali. Unfortunately, um, Dave is uh, a bitch to his workplace and uh, Jared's a bitch to his body, I guess. Yeah. How, is that how we'd like keep that continuity going? Or I could just say Dave's really busy and Jared's um, not feeling very well tonight. So we are going to be proceeding with just the three most dedicated players in the team. Um, now, obviously, we had last week off, so I have a very, very thorough recap to refresh our minds and get us back into the zone for our Return of the Giants campaign. Most importantly, however, though, quick announcement. For those of you living in Brisbane, Australia, or happen to be in Brisbane, Australia, um, this weekend, come along to the Collector's Market, which is at the Distillery Road Market in Eagleby, because on Sunday... At 10.30am, I am going to be live on stage performing D&D in cosplay as my character, a tiefling sorcerer with the Hermes D&D uh, group. They're a professional DMing service. They're hosting a live session of D&D at their markets. I've been invited to be a part of it, which is really crazy and really exciting. So I will be fully dressed up in cosplay as my tiefling character. If you're a part of our Discord, you will have already seen a few pictures that I put together. I did a quick dry run of like most of the costume over the weekend just to make sure that stuff fit me and I could get the uh, the horns looking right. So if you were on our Discord, um, you'll be able to go and check that out. It's looking like a lot of fun. Um, I obviously didn't do any of the face paint, contact lenses, or uh, false fangs. I will have them on for the actual day, though. So, yeah, come along. It's going to be 10.30 on the Sunday. It is going to be lots and lots of fun. You should be going to the markets anyway, because there are so many cool things there. Not just stalls with loads of trading card game items, um, accessories for D&D &D and other... Yeah, there's actually there's actually three tournaments going down, I think, from oh, memory. Wow. Pokemon Magic the Gathering, and there's one more... Um, let me quickly find there's a there's a whole bunch yeah it looks like Magic Gathering Pokemon and they don't list the last one but that's okay there's lots of trading card tournaments there's also a cosplay competition um, so I'm just I'm getting into that as me <laughs> as my character probably why not so uh, yeah it's going to be lots and lots of fun make sure you come and check it out um, if you are watching on Twitch uh, you will be seeing in the chat right now a, uh, a link taking you to the page so that you can go and check it out. It'll be appearing in chat any second now. If you're watching this on YouTube or on the podcast, listening to it on the podcast, you'll be able to find it in the episode description or as the pinned comment on YouTube as the first comment. So please, if you are in Brisbane and you happen to have a spare Sunday, Sunday the 15th of October, come and check it out. It's going to be lots and lots of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. I've got a couple of voices that I'm trying to pick between for the Sorcerer, obviously being a charisma character. 
um, charisma based. I'm going to be the face of the party from the sounds of things. Looks like we've got a wizard, a fighter, um, druid. So classic, classic D&D combo. So I've gone divine soul sorcerer. Though he's thinking of using the Irish accent. Same as what I used for, um, uh, for voice, the tiefling that you guys encountered previously. So I think I might stick with that one. I don't know. We'll find out. I may change my mind on the day and go for something batshit crazy like Dave always does for his voices. Um, but yeah, it's going to be lots and lots of fun, so come and check it out. That's the only real announcement I have for tonight. I don't think there's anything else really... Oh no, there is one more thing. PAX was last weekend. Simon, you were at PAX. How was it? I was at PAX. PAX was lots of fun. Lots of uh, board games and uh, new things to try out. The uh, new Super Mario, that was fantastic as well oh yeah Sonic game. wonderland super mario wonderland yes. wonder yeah one i want to say wonderland i can't remember to be it's honest one, i was still definitely... trying to get my hands on the game yeah <laughs> it's definitely wonder something how, how was it did you get to try out being elephant mario i i didn't get to do elephant mario but i did get to have to go at the game it's quite fun so i mean you know your standard kind of mario affair but it's always nice having something new to play so very exciting and then um yeah the sonic looks good too so yeah, all around. So it's, it's a very nice day. What's the Sonic game? I haven't heard about the Sonic game. Oh, God. Just another new Sonic one that they're bringing out for the Switch. So, I don't know. I lined up. It was fun. And that's kind of what it went with. Are they, it's, a, uh, it's a platformer, though, right? Like like the old school. It is. Yeah. They're not yeah, trying yeah. to do, like, Sonic Frontiers again. No. 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 Cool. In saying that, I <laughs> Good. think that Sonic Adventures 2 or something. I don't know what it mm. was. The one that had the little the cheese, the little characters that you could, mm. I say, feed. Animals. That yeah. was uh, one of those GameCube games that I played way too much. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, looking forward to the new Sonic coming out. So, what would you say was your highlight of PAX? Because I didn't go to this PAX this year, which is a rare, rare Look, moment. Getting to check out the um, the board games and everything like that. It's always fun seeing what new stuff people brought out, and um, you know the different. I mean, I'm not very into card games myself, yeah. but seeing the community of the people that are there and people that are very passionate about it as well as the other games there's a lot of people trying to get you involved and you know have yeah. some fun and yeah it's just a any, good day any board games on your radar now yeah i was gonna um, that was exactly what yeah. i was gonna ask matt oh, look so uh my partner kat she's not very into role-playing D &D uh, yeah. kind of games yeah. so a lot of the things that we got were um just like the smaller card games so she's more of a fan of games like you know your Azul's or even things like uh, Catan, like yeah. games like that, Catan, strategy great. games. Yeah. So uh, yeah, there were I think we picked up about four or five board games which we haven't wow. played yet because we won on the Sunday. But uh, this weekend, I'm yeah looking forward to cracking a few open. Because I heard one of my favorite yeah. games, The Witcher Old World, was on display at PAX, and a lot oh, of wow. people were very keen with that. Mm. I I have The Witcher Old World. I I. I was one of the people who kickstarted it. I got the full edition with all the expansions. It's amazing. If you have not played The Witcher Old World, you should definitely check it out. If it's something I should do an unboxing for, let me know because the box itself fits. It just fits in one of those squares on an IKEA eight square. It is the dimensions oh, wow. of an IKEA eight. It's huge. Wow. I think from memory, it weighs eighteen kilos. What? Um, it's insane. I'll have to. I'll, <laughs> I'll definitely bring it out. If you if I what if you want to do an unboxing video, the only unboxing video I've ever done on this channel was for the Avatar Legends Kickstarter rewards, and it, it to this date is still a very popular video. So maybe that's what the people want. Maybe I should be feeding maybe. the beast. Feed, yeah, absolutely. And I also recently bought Scythe Expeditions, which is the new Scythe game, oh, which wow. I also heard a lot of people were checking out at PAX as well. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very very excited. Alice and I have played like two or three rounds of that. We're just getting the hang of it. Also oh, wow. a really good game because I'm a big fan of Scythe. 
Scythe's like Catan on steroids mm. is the best way I'll describe mm. it, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, yeah, but no, that's a good day. Well, it's worth going to right. practice if ever you get a chance and you're in Melbourne. And, I mean, yeah. I'm very big into pinball games and things like that, and they had all the classic games set up as well as a lot of oh, the new, um, cool. the seven ones. So I don't know if you guys like pinball that much. but Yeah, no, I dabble. The, yeah, so they had the new Ninja Turtles, Star Wars, The Avengers. And oh, wow. Deadpool one. And, Heck yeah. Uh, yeah, it's um, lots, of, lots of good fun. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I, I went to a place years ago, like years ago in South Melbourne, and it was just a pinball place, and it was super cool. I, I can't remember for the, I can't remember for the life of me what it was called, but you literally go in, it was like fifty pinballs, like up and down the the, the the walls, and yeah, you just go there, play pinball machines, however long you want, and they also do like repairs and they sell parts there as well. It was just a super oh, cool place. Cool. Yeah, a specialized I, business model. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 doubt, I doubt it's even around now. I was like, going to say, I wonder if they survived COVID because it doesn't nah, sound like the sort of business yeah, that would have. I highly doubt it. But oh, yeah, there's I, actually so cool. a pinball place in the north that does something similar. Oh, I think it's cool. Man Cave something or Man Cave Madness or something along those wow. lines. But um, good name. yeah, it's you good pay name. like $20 for two hours and all the pinball games pay as much as you like. It's, that's great. Uh, yeah, that's if you're so into that cool. stuff, it's worth a visit. Yeah, that's amazing. Huh. That's like, I think that'll be that'll be fun. On the subject really of fun. attending PAX, um, I'll keep you posted. There might be some exciting news for us with um, some of those really cool conventions next year. Um, I'll just say that this so this live event coming up at the Collector's Market is sort of doing a bit of a trial and learning from people who do it all the time, doing live D&D, just to know what's involved, learn how we run it before we start doing them as well because it is the next step for us so if you are in if you are in australia stay tuned you are very likely to start seeing us doing some live stuff in the near the very near future there's there's Ooh. some opportunities for us to start branching out and doing some live stuff so i'll keep you posted in the on flesh. That. what was that sorry si? not just live on twitch live in the flesh live in the flesh yeah in person wow. yeah, yeah yeah so i'll <laughs> i'll keep you guys posted on that that's that's some exciting stuff potentially coming soon um, all right, we should jump into our session without any further ado. Let me do a recap and get us back into the mindset of our um, of our D and D session. Uh, unless there was anything else anyone else had to share, or are we all ready to rock and roll? All good here, ready to all go. Looking good, let's do it. <clears throat> the Tempest Adventuring Guild, a name now legendary across the lands of Nostea, has formed a brand new team. Lyra, Niles, Harry, Ember, and Thrain have returned to the Merchant City of Oxenfurt to the home of the Tempest Guild the Night Hall. Over the last few days, the team has been investigating the activation of ancient giant technology in the settlement of Laspire. After preventing the deconstruction of the town by using mysterious artifacts embedded in their hands, the team headed to the nearby hill giant fort, hoping to learn more about these artifacts and why they might be activating. Meeting with Chief Gunglot, the leader of this clan of hill giants, the party learns that the hill giant clans, which were once united under one leader, have fractured following the death of the previous chief. Now three main groups of hill giants exist across the land. Chief Gunglot was very keen to reunite the clans under one banner, ideally her own, and tasked the team with helping her break a centuries-old curse placed upon a dragon turtle mauler. Knowing that conflict between the clans was almost unavoidable, Gunglot hoped to right the wrong committed by her father in binding Baller to the nearby swampland using a nithing, a type of necrotic curse. The party were flown to the afflicted land by the skald Bravi, no hill giant able to approach the area due to the nature of the curse. 
Tracking down Mola to the center of the swamp, the team learns the knithing took the form of a vast, undead monstrosity hidden in the dark swampland known as a Barrowgast. After defeating the Barrowgast, the team were rewarded generously by Gunglot before making their way back to Laspire. Deciding to check in on Vice, a tiefling tavern owner who they suspected was involved with trafficking giant tech, the team confronted him about his dealings. Unfortunately, their attempts only served to get Vice on the defensive. However, Harry was able to shift this to an offensive when he stole a hidden treasure resembling a disc from Vice's basement. While it came very close to violence, the situation was diffused and the team ended up leaving empty-handed. But not for long. Mira met up with the group outside the town, having flown the guild airship to pick them up. Uh, with Mira able to get this strange relic off of Vice, the team made their way back by airship to the guild. We left off last session as the team upgraded their gear and traded in some items they no longer needed to the resident tabaxi blacksmith, Howls Under the Earth. And that's where we finished last session. There were a number of items that you had wanted commissioned, particularly items uh, of a magical nature, such as braces of defense. I think was the main one you were after, like two or three sets of braces of defense. Yep. Unfortunately, as Hal's reports, uh, with uh, the return of the giants, the uh, the city has been uh, on a bit of a spending spree for uh, magical items, and my stocks are uh, severely diminished. As a result, you have been tasked with, uh, if you want these magical items, you're going to need to procure some uh, components needed in the crafting. Um, in the background, since we last had that session, I have been working on a crafting system in D&D to help with alleviating the costs of magical items, which can be very expensive and kind of nuts. Yeah. I've also reviewed our magic item cost spreadsheet and updated it a little bit to reflect, because um, the one that I was using was based more on a campaign setting where magic items weren't quite as common, whereas Nostea mm. is a world kind of in the grips of almost like a magical technology-based revolution, like the industrial yeah. magical revolution, where airships are now quite common, a number of magical artifacts and items, especially common and uncommon, probably it's better to change them to frequent and common, uh, are now available to the general public from most of the, uh, the artifices. So I've updated the magic item costs a little bit as well, which means that uh, as you guys find items out in the wilderness and on your quests, you'll be able to trade them into not just house but other artifices and blacksmiths as well to reduce the cost significantly of acquiring magical items. Um, and there's also magical items that I know each of you are kind of looking for. Don't worry about that. We've got that all sorted. Um, I, was, I was going to say... Um, yes. Uh, having... Uh, yeah, well, uh, having... I had the, t the downtime, I suppose. You know, we haven't yes. played D&D for a little while. Um, it's come to my attention that there is a certain magical item in the Fizzman's treasury list of yes. uh, magic items. All that the items, very, all very the items well. in Fizzman's are insane. All the items. <laughs> but there is one, there's there's one that's specifically for monks, which I, I only think, found out about like a week ago. I think um, I know which one you're talking about. Is it the... The, the dragon the hide belt? Yeah, it's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I didn't know about that until like after the fact. I was like, oh, well, I wonder if there's any. Oh, oh. There's also some very exciting magical items introduced with Big B's Glory of the Giants. Obviously, one of the things uh, we're doing with this campaign is introducing as much of the Big B's content as we can. Mm -hmm. um, it came out at a very opportune moment for us, uh, like ten sessions deep into our uh, Return of the Giants campaign. So not going to complain about well. that. Um, the thing is, most of those items are like level eight characters and above. So we get in there. You get them there, you're not too far off. I think too far off. most of them are like rare or legendary 
um, okay. rare, very rare or legendary. So don't worry, but yeah. it will be like the plan is to show off every enemy from Big B's, as many of the magic items as I can, and as many of the things in Big B's oh, as I possibly can. Amazing. So don't panic. Um, the last thing that you'd also asked about, Niles, uh, I remember very distinctly, was magical tattoos. That is true. I did now, ask about that. I have some excellent news for you. Um, oh. a, I think about a year and a half ago, rather coincidentally, I also helped kickstart a magical tattoos supplement for 5th edition D&D. It is a full PDF of, wow. I think it's like 200 plus magical tattoos uh, with okay. descriptions on like how much they should cost, um, the effects how like they get put on and then there's also like a breakdown of like you can only have a certain number of neck tattoos arm tattoos and like where they're located yeah. and how they work together and the synergy between some of the tattoos so okay. i've already pulled that supplement open we're ready to rock and roll uh, <laughs> damn um, well i was gonna I, say like you know out of the main sort of tasha's module it was only like well like seven or eight that that they introduced yeah it's not, not very not, many. A whole, not, a, not a whole lot um, it was ones, the but- so I should, I should reference what it was. So it's the Tome of Mystical Tattoos by Carl Nicholas. And um, if you wanted to get a copy, I'm pretty sure you can still get one directly from his website. And rather coincidentally, they also just finished funding the Tome of Mystical Tattoos second edition. I unfortunately missed this. So I'll have to wait for the, uh, have to wait for the edition to come out on DMs Guild or on his website by Carl Nicholas. Wow. So I do thoroughly recommend checking it out. But we will obviously cool. be using those. The tattoos and magical tattoos play a very big role in Maloran Orc society in Nostea, so there's going to be lots of uh, stuff to do with that. So I, I guess the question is, right, as Hal's heads off back to her workshop, her um, very dusky, sandy coat, um, soot-stained and half-hidden under her large blacksmith's apron, her tail almost tucked around her like a belt to keep it away from the boiling hot kiln and furnace that she's using to, to heat the materials required. As she goes back and begins to move away, what would you three like to do? You've got, you know, you've got about half a day before you were going to meet back up with uh, Mira and um, the rest of the guild upstairs. Um, I could, I, I guess I could do Harry and Thrain. Harry is going to very quickly make some excuses about wanting to go and uh, maybe check prices for some items in the city, maybe see what. Uh, um, deals he can find uh, obviously um a little bit uh, sorry what's his voice again it's like a kiwi canadian cross obviously. yeah so I, I i got a bit of deals that i'm i'm looking for i might just go and uh yeah go see about that hey i'll um i'm a merchant gotta gotta keep up with the times and i, I might head down have a bit of a look around the docks and then head up to the merchant district so I'll, I'll catch you guys in the evening hey oh oh sounds sounds good harry uh safe travels and keep keep your belongings safe and secure we- don't want you to go lose any of your stock. Oh, I, I only gain stock. And he gives you a bit of a, a smile. Oh. oh. oh if you God. get arrested, we're not bailing out you out because we're broke now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Harry thumps his leg a little bit anxiously, this like rabbit folk sort of, the, <laughs> I, which I think now you've all clearly come to see as a bit of a sign of uh, anxiety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he quickly hops off, uh, heading <laughs> out into the uh, the bustling streets of Oxenfurt. Um. I guess Thrain is going to go, I will go and see if there are places where I can wrestle men and women and prove my, my strength and might. Oh, wow. That sounds like a, that's a ton of fun. I might even join you, but not right at this moment. I think I'll have a bit more of a peruse around the city. Good. I will catch up with you a lot later. This afternoon, perhaps. And Thrain heads off as well. Perfect. Now I don't need to do with their NPCs. I don't need to turn yeah, characters into NPCs yeah, yeah, yeah. for a session. Perfect. Done. <laughs> yeah. The three of you are together. Um, 
Sure. I will also say Wiltix is currently in the front yard, the gnome that you'd met previously. Um, as he sort of heads through the front yard, you can see that he's checking on what looks to be a little small uh, herb garden that's being planted along the sides of the building. Two druids, um, you immediately recognize a number of the plants that are growing there. Most predominantly is a plant that you recognize as wolfsbane, the long slender stalks and slightly palish green leaves, uh, very distinctive of wolfsbane. Wiltix checking up on them and taking a few clippings and adding them to what looks like almost a component pouch, as well as some other plants. I would say even without nature checks, you recognize most of these as having some element of either restorative or poisonous properties. And a, a number of these plants are used in both potion components, spell components, and um, in healing poultices as well as poisons. And you can see Wiltix is gathering them up and adding them to a small herb pouch, almost like a component pouch at his waist, um, looking like he's restocking his supplies. Oh, uh, can... oh, no, I was just going to say, like, very excited to see all the, the plant life and everything. Um, Wiltix, can I, you know, share in your herbs and everything as well? I'll help take care of them. Uh, yeah, uh, of course. Uh, there's a number of uh, herbs here that are growing. I mean, I, I, I sort of come and go a bit, so I have to kind of trust Azua to do most of the gardening. But yeah, you're, you're part of the guilds. Like, this is all shared. It's all for everyone. You got a bit of a green thumb there? I do, I do. I'll, I'll help take care of it, I promise, I promise. But uh, I'd like to take little samples and I'm going to start picking little bits off each one and putting them in the little glass vials that I was making on the ship on the way here. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have a healers or poisoners kit, Sai? No, I don't. Okay. Yeah, don't worry too much. We'll, I'll sort something out for you. Yeah, herbalism kit. That's yeah. Herbalism. Okay, yeah, perfect. Um, if you've used any charges of your herbalism kit, they are restocked as a result. Oh, cool. Yeah, as, you, as you essentially use this as a chance to restock your herbalism kit for free. Right. You you guys look like you're uh, not really sure where to go next. What are you thinking? How's Under the Earth sorted out your uh, equipment and armor needs? Yes, yes. She, she was she was very good, very attentive. Uh, but I guess uh, I'm not well. I'm not super familiar with Oxenfurt. I've only been here on business a few times. Um, is there anywhere in the city that you'd recommend? Well, if you're looking for magic stuff, the university's always a good place to go. They tend to have lots of wizards hanging around, sorcerers, the like. Um, if you haven't been to the Bard's College, it's not quite as impressive as the Bard's College in Palin, but there's a Bard's College here that's quite fun. Um, what else? There's a few taverns around that I like to visit. Um, yeah. Uh, apart from that, I I don't really do cities very much. I, I, people tend to like walk over the top of me. I'm, I'm quite small, so I tend to get lost in crowds. I generally like to be around large open spaces. So I'm probably not the best person to ask about what to do in the city. We've heard rumors about like a, a couple of places that maybe do like cool magical tattoos. I mean, I've never seen them before. I'm half interested to see you know see what it's all about anywhere that you've heard about that's going to be down at the docks i'd say sounds like yeah i'd be heading down towards the docks head down to the trading port i think you'll find what you're looking for there um hmm. yeah uh, any of the maloran orc tattoo parlors i think i've walked past some before yeah docks head down to the docks i think you'll find what you're looking for Ooh, that sounds interesting might be worth a look how you doing funds wise i know Sometimes it can be a bit tricky staying on top of things, but we do have a 
bank of gold if you need things urgently. Like, you can draw upon guild funds if you need stuff. Oh! Oh, really? Oh, I didn't. I didn't realize that was available. Oh, well, Did Mira, um, Mira not mention that? Um, she may have, uh, but that might have escaped my, uh, my, my mind. Uh, it's been a long couple of days. Um, that might be worth, worth looking into. Um, Perhaps we'll we'll see we'll inquire about that. See how much we can we can take out if, if there's anything that we want or need. How much? Yeah, I mean, how much? How much do you want? I've got like I haven't handed in my most recent bounties yet. I've got like two hundred gold here. Oh, do you want? Do you want like fifty gold? Fifty gold sounds thirty good. on me. <laughs> yeah, sure. Wiltex reaches into his pouch and pulls out thirty gold pieces and hands them across. There you go. I, look, I. I I was given like 500. I said that I'd spend all of it. So any I return is a bonus. So have, have 50 gold. There you go. Enjoy. Oh, well, thank you. So kind. Yes. One of the tricks I learned early on, overestimate how much you need for each trip. And he gives you a bit of a bit of a <laughs> wink and a smile. Maybe we keep that in mind. Yes. I save most of it on food and accommodation. I'm very small, so I don't need as much. <laughs> how much, has it, is it weird me playing your old player character, Si? <laughs> No, I, I like it. You, right. You're on there. That's pretty much Perfect. what I'll be going with. Anything that I can joke about the height is, yeah. That's all I need. Love it, Ooh. love it, love it. I'll add the 50 gold to the tally. Perfect. So, Docs, do you want me to come? If you need me. Oh. Otherwise, I'm happy to... I've got, I've got some other stuff. I was going to go hand some stuff in, but if you're looking a bit lost, I can come along. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm sure we... Would appreciate the company, but uh, if you've got other things to do, uh, don't let us hold you up. Um, I'll, I'll come down and meet you later, mid. Then maybe I'll drop this stuff off, have a chat with Mira, and then I've got sure. I've got this like, and he pulls open part of his tunic, and you can see underneath his studded leather breastplate has been torn in half, and there's a large gash down the middle, dried oh. with blood, as well as a old fading scar underneath it. Yeah, oh. I was supposed to get this fixed, but oh, you, sh- you should definitely get that looked at. That doesn't look uh, well. Doesn't look good at all, but it seems to be healing quite well. Oh no, the wind's fine. I was thinking about the armor. I'm okay. Oh, oh, but yes, no, the armor looks like it's seen better days. <laughs> yeah, I, I might go get that fixed. So look, if I bump into you down at the docks, I'll come say hi. How about that? Sure, sounds good. We'll see you there. Looks like gives you hey, a nod. Oh, yeah, sorry, go. If you can't find anyone um, to fix it, I'm proficient in uh, <laughs> leatherworking slash tools. So, oh. you know, if you need a... Quite a little prodigy we have here. Eldarin. <laughs> I have to ask, are you going to stitch it back together with fungus? It doesn't have to be fungus. <laughs> it's the easiest way. Mycelium. <laughs> you could use mycelium threads, almost like yeah, a patchwork. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, I'll... Um, I'll get back Last to you. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll get back to you on that. Perfect. As Wiltix heads off, the three of you make your way down towards the docks. Oxenfurt, for those of you who have not been before, actually all of your characters will have been to Oxenfurt before, but I'll describe it again anyway. Um, Oxenfurt is a large merchant city located on the western coast of Oceania. Being the primary trade hub of the Ocean Empire with most of the floating cities uh, as far north as Northgard and as far south as the Shattered Isles, a lot of goods move through Oxenfurt, and the road down towards the docks is easily followed. It's one of the largest streets in the city itself. Um, 
As you make your way down, you can see a number of people out and about. Being close to midday, most of the population are either breaking for lunch if they do uh, work or, or jobs that keep them inside. Uh, and a number of the traders who have just come in and, and dropped off goods have now the afternoon off and are enjoying it at a number of the bars, taverns and restaurants that line this very busy, very popular street. There are... Uh, oh, oh, yeah, go. No, no, go. No, I was just going to say, just question, um, just another no. game real quick. I'm just trying to remember. So one of the locations we were potentially going to go next was the north, correct? Is that is that one of the ones that we were thinking of? Yeah, you guys were tossing up a few different locations, whether you wanted to head north to go and track down the rumors of this. Um, uh, I, I think the way it was described was like a, a, a what's the best way to say it? Like a... Server room. Yeah, I guess that's the best way to say it. I was going to say like a, um, a vault hidden in the uh, in the ice far to the north in Northgard. You were also potentially tossing up um, investigating uh, reports from the Underdark. There'd been some communication about potential problems in the, uh, in the deeps with the stone giants. And then there was also discussion of potentially heading over to Balnia, the uh, home of the dwarves as well. I think okay. Nira was suggesting that we do the stone giants first by memory. Yeah, that's correct, yep. Um, so I guess I, I just with that information, I would probably like as well as 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 much as this is a recreational event going to the docks and potentially checking out the stores here, I'd probably also just be in the back of my mind sort of maybe like inquiring a little bit about the um the underdark reports if there's anyone who might know or if I think there's anyone that I that might know about it, I might um, sort of ask around as well, just in my general yeah. So when you say ask around, like sort of people that you pass in the streets or if you just keeping an ear uh, out for any rumors. Just, just or... keeping an ear out. But like, if, you know, if we end up in a tavern, you know, that might be something that I might bring up in conversation with anyone that seems like they might know a thing or two about the world. Like, I guess, I guess because like Niles hasn't really, like, I mean, he's done, he's gone on little activities here and there with, with, with the Silverwind family, but he hasn't done like a whole lot of adventuring. So he he's probably unfamiliar with a lot of these places. Yeah. So he, 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 he just be wanting to like know what's going on, maybe prepare himself a little bit for where he might be going. Um, yeah. No, yeah. Easy done. Yeah, that's what he's keeping in the back of his mind anyway. That's no, that's yeah. really good to know. Is there anything anyone else is keeping an ear or eye out for that I should know about? Not really, but maybe you know any rumors about like some expeditions to the north that you know mm. maybe by Janassi or anyone that's oh, sort of yeah. talking <laughs> about cool. a a crystalline. Oh wow, what a weird looking quartzy looking. Uh, oh yeah, Janassi no, or you know, anything sort of like yeah related to what we've um, just been through. We're maybe even keeping an eye out for the the Husted or whatever kind of hot stuff. I like, what did, what did you call it? I liked that too. I call it Hjotsfeed. I don't mind that either. I, I quite like I that too. I don't even know what it means. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Okay, perfect. Easy done. Um, as you guys begin making your way down the main streets, the there's almost like a gentle slope as you head down towards the docks, the city being built a little bit up on a very slight hill uh, at the very crest that then moves down and encompasses the full bay that uh, is sort of inset on the coastline where Oxenford is located. You can see as you get down towards the major crossroads uh, on the west way and east way, uh, over to your right is the airship docks, a very large, very modern looking series of um, 
steam and gear powered devices that raise and lower to essentially allow the airships to lock into position and anchor above the city. Um, a series of lifts and gangplanks able to be raised and lowered to allow people and goods to move to and from the airships. But your destination takes you down to the old docks, the sea docks, which are still very, very much in use, um, despite looking a little bit aged compared to the, the modern, much more, uh, I'd say, like streamlined looking airship docks. The area around the waterways is bustling with people. Um, as you begin making your way down towards the docks, you can see many, many more of the Maloran orcs, the um, orcs of Nostea being split into two groups, orcs and Maloran orcs. Maloran orcs kind of taking the place of half orcs in, uh, in our campaign setting. The Maloran orcs are all tattooed with intricate displays of um, very, very fine, very, very elegant tattoo art, which you would all know by this stage designates a number of important things. The first one being their home city, where they're from on the ocean, um, and then a little brief history of their family and then room for any great deeds or experiences they might have had. As you stop and ask for directions, I'd say there's a number of uh, Maloran orcs moving to and from, some carrying goods, some just traveling uh, in different, uh, different locations. As you stop off and ask for a bit of advice on where to look, you're pointed to a couple of different locations uh, if you're looking for magical tattoos. Um, the first one you're pointed to is Inkspren, which um, I'd say probably most of the orcs you talk to would say, oh, you got to head to Inkspren if you're looking for uh, tattoos, mundane and magical, best place to go. Um, but uh, Kraken's Black is not too bad either as you, uh, as you investigate. So, popular option. Yeah, there's a few a few other names pop up, but the, as you as you ask around, they seem to be the two most commonly recommended places to go and check out. We could take a look at both. Uh, ink sprint seemed to be a popular one. Yeah, mm. I, I am fascinated by how the the magical tattoos are applied. I, I've heard some of the mystics um, in my in my. Uh, in my monastery, uh, dabbled with magical tattoos. I've always wondered how they were applied. Uh, it'd be interesting to see it in practice. Um, that's partially why I was so interested to come and see it. Um, it should be good. Well, as you make your way down onto the docks proper, in front of the vast array of um, wooden structures that basically push out deep into the uh, deep into the bay. There's a massive sprawling market. Knowing that walking through that market is going to slow you down, distract you and keep you off your path, you stick to the outskirts, following around the edges of the tall buildings that almost shadow the docks. These vast multi-story stone structures that have been built on top of one another as the city has grown. What was once probably two, three-story townhouses have been buried underneath five, six, seven-story stone monoliths that cover the original structures entirely, leaving almost these like scars of old buildings surrounded by new stone and new wood. As you head around the outside, the first place you stumble across, having been given sort of vague directions from many of the Malora rocks that you pass, the first place you come to is Inkspring. The sign hanging above the door glows with a very soft blue light fading in and out and it depicts a swirling pattern comprised of these what almost look like tendrils of ink forming in the center despite the sign itself being in this dark black almost midnight black um, ink. 
still glows with this very faint, soft blue light. There's no windows, just a door painted with that same dark midnight blue and a knocker located on the front in the shape of what looks like squid tentacles. Wow, what an interesting establishment. I am a very tentative... Is it, is it like busy around or like is it just... Um, doesn't seem to be anyone coming and going right now. A number of the okay. shops on either side, which um, there's a weaponsmith right next door on one side and what looks to be a bakery on the other. Um, the weaponsmith almost deserted a very, very tuckered out looking um, mountain dwarf staring at what could only be described as a completely exhausted forge. Um, no wood <laughs> left to power it, uh, no raw materials and only a handful of very janky looking blades uh sort of swords rapiers short swords and some daggers but clearly not his best stock your guess is that he's waiting on fresh materials as you take a bit of a look Um, on the other side the bakery seems to be pumping a lot of people coming and going uh walking out with this very strange looking baked good that none of you would have seen before um it's vaguely in the shape of a fish. It looks like some sort of like toasted bread. And as you watch people biting into it, you can see on the inside, there's this, um, what can only be described as bright green paste, but it must be good. Cause a lot of people are enjoying it. Like there are a number <laughs> of people coming and going, leaving with this fried fish treat. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I shouldn't say fish treat. It, it's bread. That's made to look like a fish. <laughs> It's not actual fish. Although, I mean, you don't know what that green paste is. Who knows? Um, but the the cool. tattoo, the ink spread, the, the tattoo parlor seems quiet, at least from the outside. Um, obviously, having right. no windows to look in, it's hard to say. Just a door almost cramped and um, squeezed between these two buildings on either side, almost as if the buildings have grown and crushed this place in between, hiding it from view. Cool. Well, I guess we should uh, knock on the door and see what's going on inside. Um, yeah, Niles just very, very casually just knocks on the knocker and and waits. I guess does it like does it open? Like does the door just open when I was? Is it locked and I need to knock it? Like what sort of? So as you as you <laughs> gently push on the door, the door doesn't open. There's no handle either. So yeah, right. You then okay. move on to the knocker and give it a knock. As soon yeah. as you knock, actually out of interest. How many times would you knock with the knocker? Just once or twice? Or are you like one of those people who does a pattern every single time? I, I, I think Niles would just do like a very like quick like knock knock yeah, and then just cool, see cool. what happens. I wondered yeah. if you go like dun 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 dun. <laughs> no. um, as you just do just do a on the uh, on the handle. As soon as you let go of the knocker, the tentacles twist and move, coming alive Ooh. as the metal flows and reaches out on either side, opening excuse me, opening the door as it does so. Wow. Inside, the room is dimly lit, the corridor beyond leading to a set of rickety stairs that head up almost at like a 50-degree angle, straight up to a floor above before, uh, just just before a, a landing as it, as it gets a little bit higher. There's no sounds, no noises from inside, just a gentle susurrus of people speaking over the cacophony of the bakery next door. Wow, this yeah. is rather rather impressive. Okay, so we just walk up a little bit and see if we mm. can see anyone. Uh, hello. Be careful not to touch anything that looks important. Yeah. The the 
room, the the I guess the best way to describe it is like an antechamber or hallway that you step into. Um, there's no real furnishings until you step in and the door closes behind you. As it does so, the room immediately is plunged into darkness. A moment later, patterns begin to glow softly, illuminating the walls around you in this beautiful tableau of an underwater coral sea. It's almost alive, the way the glow gently almost creates a motion. You see fish that you swear were moving, but as soon as you stare at them closely, they can't have been. They're, they're ink on a wall. And as you look down at your feet, you can see footsteps that have been laid out in this same glowing ink that lead up the stairs, along with coral shaped almost like arrows pointing above. This is the way. Um, As you begin making your way up the stairs, the stairs creak underneath you, your feet. um, In some cases, clomping, in some cases, clicking on the stairs. Niles, with your bird feet, your claws (laughs) click against the wood. Um, Being, what, seven foot tall? Ember, <laughs> you're a bit of a hefty boy. Even even though you're quite wiry for a fur bog, there's still a lot of muscle to you. You're just dum, 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 uh, accompanied by the creaks of the staircase. As you get to the top of the top of the staircase, the walls around you, the the tableau f- um, changes in environment, moving up almost to like a beach scene, and then moving into a forest as you rise higher and higher, almost as if you're transitioning from underwater up onto an island. As you get to the top of the stairs. The room beyond is beautifully decorated. The same swirling patterns become much more stylized, changing from accurate depictions of real life creatures, plants, and uh, locations to these swirling patterns that take on almost a, a movement and motion of their own. In the center of the room are four chairs arranged on this strange looking clockwork contraption. Um, that rises up this large glass tube in the very center filled with hundreds and hundreds of tiny vials glowing very softly that are being rotated, occasionally lifted up to the top. You watch as liquid is drained from them through this large series of pipes and then the vials drop back down and slowly refill from something underneath. You can see a single figure tattooing the arm of a Maloran orc. Um, she looks like she's roughly in her, I'd say, early 20s, the Maloran orc getting the tattoo. Not many tattoos adorn her body, just the um, home city, which you would recognize as Drifthaven on her, uh, over her heart. A few on her arms, a few on her chests, but she's currently getting one done on her neck. The tattoo that's being done looks to be one of a mundane variety. There's no glow accompanying it, but the design is stunning a stylized depiction of a mighty hunt with a vast sea beast. The figure doing the tattoo turns very softly, clad head to toe in very dark leathers, only the eyes visible, these piercing blue, soft glowing eyes. I will be with you in but a moment. Please wait patiently. And the figure turns back and continues working on the tattoo. Okay. While we wait, can Lyra sort of check out the um, sort of the luminescent paint and the artwork that's sort of on the walls and try and figure mm. out if it's like of sort of like that same magical tattoo kind of ink or if it's like just straight up paint done by someone skilled? Like, how did yeah. they get there? 
Could I get a... I'm going to say Arcana check. Because you're trying to determine the source of the magic in this case and the, the way the magic kind of works. 18! Given that you've got a minus one to Arcana, that's not bad. Um, Lyra, you're not familiar with magical tattoos in great detail. That You know that the ink used to create them is very rare and very hard to make. Um, there's a number of craftsmen... Um, I'd say this is probably just what you know from rumours and from picking things up along your journeys. You know that the... And actually, did you spend time in Drifthaven or was that Shana? I think that was Shana. Shana. Damn. Never mind. Um, You've just picked this up along the way, living in Oxenford over the last few months. Um, This looks like more similar to paint rather than the ink that's being used on the walls. If this was the tattoo ink that's used in, in the creation of magical tattoos... This shopkeeper must be absolutely rolling in gold. There's no way that they would be able to afford the sheer volume of, of magical ink required to paint the entire surface of the walls, both upstairs and downstairs. This is probably some other type of um, other type of, of paint. Definitely magical in nature, and not too dissimilar from uh, from the tattoo ink, but definitely the only power it has is is this soft glow, almost like the light cantrip. She definitely wants to figure out how to make, like, bioluminescent paint of some form after seeing this. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the figure uh, working away at the tattoo, the tattoo artist, carries on for another five or six minutes. If you wait there silently, let me know. If you don't wait there silently, let me know. <laughs> quiet as a mouse. Cool. But yeah. The tattoo artist finishes up in about six minutes, nods, and reaches down and presses a foot pedal on the floor. You watch as the chair slowly tilts back up from the reclining position into a seated position and a mirror slowly emerges on a large pole that the tattoo artist, this this figure clad in dark leathers, manipulates and moves around until it's showing the side of the neck. You watch as the Malora Nork sort of peers around and looks at it and goes, oh, that's, wow, amazing. Thank you so much. How, how much do I owe you for that? Two gold pieces would be more than sufficient. Great. Thank you so much. She reaches into her pocket, pulls out a number of silver equal to two gold pieces, hands them over, shakes the hand of this figure, and rushes past. As the I, Malor- I, Yeah? Uh, I was going to say, as this happens, I, like, I just look down at Lyra and I go, did she just... Say, and like stage whispers, did she just say two gold pieces for that? Wow. Even for, you know... An- a non-magical tattoo, that's very reasonably priced, at least from what I've heard. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm realising that um, uh, obviously improvising this entire session, because two of our players are away <laughs> means that potentially I might have pitched this a bit low, but hey, whatever. Um, <laughs> carry on as if that didn't happen. No, no two, two gold pieces, we locked it in now. Um, yeah, um, as the figure turns towards you and approaches, you can see that there's really no skin showing at all. Her, there, his, hard to say, their entire body is clad in these overlapping, um, yeah, like dark, uh, I'd almost say like a dark linen and layered leathers, which make it very hard to see any details of them at all. The only thing visible through the uh, wrapped headpiece is the eyes, these two very soft, glowing blue eyes that stare at you. 
the figure nods. How tall oh, yeah. are they? Sorry. How tall? Um, about five foot eight. So only slightly taller than you, Lyra. Um, s- quite a bit shorter than Ember. And how tall are you, Niles? You're about. Yeah, I'd probably. What did I say? In my character sheet. I think I'm like over six foot. But I'm not. As, I wouldn't be as big as um as uh, Ember. As Ember, <laughs> yeah. Ember's just like a cheeky seven foot two, I think, or something like that. Like you, you're a tall yeah, boy. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So uh, see, about five foot eight. So actually, yeah, not that much taller than you, Lyra. Um. As the figure. Lyra's only five foot. <laughs> you're only five foot. Yeah. Oh, tiny. She's she's a fair bit she's a fair bit taller than you, Lyra. Um. <laughs> as um, I've I have been putting your character in the wrong scale on all of our poster artwork this whole time. I will. Uh, yeah. Wow. That. <laughs> You're tiny. That's so small. <laughs> so that's actually hilarious. Uh, wow. She was made, made from uh, Shana's perspective, and so Shana's perspective is always oh, not kind of oh. looking down, but um, like just sort of from that mindset kind of thing. Like she's right. always being like, you know, piggybacking along the back, sort of. That's hilarious. Everything slightly out. Yeah. No. Fair wow. Enough. Okay. Um, I, then the figure is a little bit taller than you, Lyra. <laughs> As the figure approaches you, they put their hands together, holding them almost um, ha- hand over hand, almost as like a, a weird like prayer um, pattern, like one hand clasping the other, very close to their chest. And they do this very elaborate bow. First the head lowers, then the body, until they're almost 90 degrees, and then they slowly stand again. Um, Welcome oh, to Inksprin. Yes, hello. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. This, this, this... This Hello. being, yes. right? This being that I'm looking at right now. Does this, does this ring any like bells? Like, have, I, have we ever encountered anything like this before? Like, have is this like a like a like a religious thing or? Niles, I will get you to roll me a nature or arcana check. Ooh. Your choice. Well, they're both a minus one, so let's go arcana. My very like well-rounded knowledge of magic as a monk. Let's go. Eleven's uh, not bad. That's better than I thought. Eleven's not bad. Um, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here, here's here's what you know. Here's what you know. Um, <laughs> it was a pretty hard DC. You have no idea. It's a pretty hard DC. Um, <laughs> sorry. If you want to be a, a shit, funny. if you want to be a shit of a DM, if you want to be a troll, uh, that's how you do it. Um, the yeah, I mean, clearly humanoid. Um, yeah. The glowing blue eyes narrows it down somewhat. That pretty much mm. rules out your standard human. Uh, yep. Rules out uh, Maloran orc. Rules out yep. Arakokra, Owlin. Um, some elves, some astral elves, can have slightly softly glowing eyes. You know that. Um, uh, Crassus had uh, points of bioluminescence on his skin and his eyes did glow oh, yeah. very, very softly. But the glow from the eyes is much more noticeable. So mm. probably like, I'd say probably the, the thing that comes closest is Crassus, knowing that astral elves oh. have a, a faint sort of bioluminescence to them. This is similar to that, but much more strong. Yeah. Um, apart from that, I mean, maybe some Ganassi might have glowing eyes. Like... You, I, I, the other thing I would say is, you remember um, Naudis had bright, glowing blue eyes. Naudis oh, was yeah. made of stone and didn't have real eyes; they were just the, like the the blue glow. Warforged have yeah. glowing eyes. Giant Forged have glowing eyes. So th- there are there are constructs that have glowing okay. eyes. Yeah, right. but 
This figure moves very organically. You can't hear any like tick of clockwork inside, which probably rules out giant forged. Uh, and the fact that there's not stone dust being shed off them at every opportunity probably rules out uh, stone forged as well. Gotcha. Nice. Yeah. Um, cool. Niles just bows politely. Um, mm. uh, Welcome to Inksprin. Are you in need of tattoos, magical, mundane, artwork to adore the skin, reveal the truth within? Well, I, uh, I was curious. Um, I, had, I had heard that uh, from, from where I'm from, that uh, some tattoos uh, were imparted with a certain magic that enhanced their, the, the users or the wearers' uh, uh, martial prowess. I, I was very curious to see if this was at all possible in, uh, uh, in, this, in your establishment here whether or not you could give me some more information about it. Indeed, we have a number of designs that I could incorporate which will allow you to draw upon magic both internal and external. I should warn you though that uh, depending on the ink that you choose, depending on the tattoo that you choose, and the size and design, the prices can vary quite a bit. Ooh, interesting. Rough estimate. Sort of, what kind of range do they usually sort of span from? Well, common tattoos um, can range anywhere from uh, uh, 80 to 100 gold uh, up to uh, about 200 gold. So uncommon tattoos from about 200 to 50 to about four, 500. Rare tattoos, uh, depending on the ink that I have to use and the design, can go anywhere from 1,000 to 3,000, 5,000 sometimes, depending on the size and location. And I'm afraid it only goes upwards from there. If you were looking for very powerful tattoos of that nature or more, I am afraid I will be unable to help you at this time. I lack many of the ingredients. I am waiting on a shipment. I'm not sure about the others. It's maybe a little bit outside of my price range at the moment, but you mentioned that you are awaiting ingredients. Is this the kind of thing that, you know, if we knew what ingredients to look out for, we're all adventurers by trade, um, mm. but if we could like keep an eye out for the ingredients and maybe sort of help, help, you know, come get a deal or, you know, help you out in some way. I mean, this is all really cool. I really want to know how to how you get that really cool paint at some point as well. The Illuminator's paint. Oh, that is fairly simple. A minor enchantment. Crushed glowing petals, along with uh, some caustic bile. It's not hard to produce. Um, in terms of the items that I need to create more powerful enchantments, uh, you would have to be a specialist to go and harvest them. I have a number of crews that I employ to travel to the depths of the ocean, peaks of mountains, both above and below, to harvest the ingredients that I require. It is something that is rather specialized. I think perhaps it is uh, not something that you would be jumping into right away without some sort of training. That's fair enough, though. If you ever do come across rare inks, though, please, Bring them to me. Recipes as well. Many of my uh, colleagues, when they discover new things, hoard their secrets. Worse than wizards we are. I am hoping to compose a 
tome, a guideline of all recipes that have been discovered. Oh, that would be rather useful. Indeed. Hmm. Share it among my fellow tattoo artists. Hmm. But please, no, tell me, you were looking for an item that, uh, or a, a design that could help empower your your physical uh, prowess, you were saying. Uh, well, well, yes, I... Some of the, the some of the other monks in my monastery uh, dabbled in the in this art. Uh, I was always fascinated by the application of the tattoo and how it would affect their martial prowess. I, I, I had always wanted to see how it would work, and well, I was in auction first, and I thought I'd take a look and see how it would be done. Um, uh, my, my, I myself, I think I've only got about well a hundred gold to spare. I don't know if that would be enough to even detain such a a, a piece, but. Um, Perhaps it would be something that I could look into later when I come into a bit more funds. Hmm. Well, I have two designs that I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, there are a couple of different designs based around the idea of making you safer, protection, a barrier, one might say. Ooh. There are different types of tattoos that I could use to help create uh, protection. But I think for what you're looking for, it might be a bit more expensive. Your training, I imagine, includes um, a form of defensive combat style as well, no doubt. Hmm. Uh, essentially, your armor class is determined by uh, constitution and wisdom, correct? Uh, oh, no, it's, dex. It's, dex it's, 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 it's just dex, yeah. Oh, I don't think it's wisdom. Don't you get unarmored defense as a monk? I do. Which oh. includes, I'm pretty sure it includes wisdom. I'm pretty confident. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, so uh, if you're looking, uh, jumping out of this so that I can explain it mechanically, yeah, yeah, if you yeah. were looking for a barrier tattoo, um, you're only going to be able to afford the uncommon maybe, and that's still going to yeah. be, it's only going to give you an AC of 12 plus your dex modifier, which is not great for you. No, that's not good for me. That's no. Fine. Um, otherwise, there are items that might help you in combat. Uh, uh, grasp tattoo. I can tattoo a series of tentacles across your arms or legs, and when you make attacks, you can wrap these tentacles around them, keep them uh, covered or held in place. That could be rather useful. Um, I do find myself in, in in close quarters more often than not. Um, uh, how much would that set me back if I was to go down that direction? Uh, it depends on how much of you I was to uh, tattoo, but if we were looking to tattoo uh, only a little bit on you, just... Uh, uh, a small section. Uh, it is probably going to set you back about. Uh... So Owen quickly pulls open his uh, guide to pricings. <laughs> to... Um, while that's loading, oh here we go. Um, probably going to set you back about uh, two hundred and fifty gold pieces. Ooh, two hundred and fifty. Yes. I'm sorry. However, there are other tattoos. Ones that might be more interesting to you. If I was to provide you with uh, a list of all things I have currently got in my, uh, my arsenal ready to go, you could have a look and peruse at your own uh, your own time and come back and talk to me when you have had a chance to see if there are any that uh, interest you. Oh, that would be rather that would be rather handy, actually. Uh, might be something to keep in mind. Mm, this is my tome as it currently stands. She reaches down and pulls out a, uh, a 
very small folio of pages that have been bound in leather. On the front is that same softly glowing paint used to paint the walls, this time inked into the leather binding itself. Um, and as she flips through the pages, you can see designs of tattoos with very brief descriptions of what each of them do. Um, I will send you a copy. Uh, I'll send you my copy of the uh, Tome of Mystical Tattoos. I'll chuck it up as a share drive. You can have a look Wait. through in your own leisure. If there's any in particular you think you'd be interested in, let me know, and I'll uh, let you know how to get them. Yep. No worries. It also, it also introduces yeah. a new class, which is the Tattoo Artist class, um, which oh. is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Which is nuts. It's wow. all about like, creating like temporary magic tattoos and uh, drawing forth magic and storing them in tattoos as well. It's like a, almost like an Artificer-style class, actually. Yeah, wow. Spell sounds really cool with that class. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Well, please feel free to peruse. Uh, If you don't mind me asking, you do seem like the adventuring types out in the world, no doubt, quite a bit. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. You do come across any designs or patterns or ingredients, inks. Please bring them to me. I will... uh, can offer you a discount in exchange and i have some experimental designs that i am working on in my own time if you were willing i could use you as a test subject for some of them oh that sounds fun Hmm. interesting if you find things come and bring them back and i can uh can tattoo you free of charge with my experimental designs I'm not sure if this would be use for you. It uh, doesn't seem like it'd be of any use to anyone, but she pulls out the um, the vial of decayed mushroom dust that she collected from the uh, last episode. She's like, yeah. oh, that, it's, a, it's a long story, but it's a mushroom that grew and then died and then aged into a dust within a very, very, very short amount of time. Uh, hmm. Likely connected to the Feywells. Not sure if it'd be useful. Collected some because it seemed cool, but I think you might get more use out of it. Maybe. Um, I probably would anyway. She begins examining it and having a bit of a look over the uh, over the design. And you can hear sort of like mustering under her breath a little bit in a language none of you speak. I was quickly checking to see if any of you spoke these languages. Um, none of you speak this language, unfortunately. Uh, after a few moments, she smiles and um, hands the, the vial back to you. I would be tempted to uh, to purchase this off you if you were no longer requiring it. That uh, could be could be tempted. There is it's very similar to an item I often have to get shipped up from the Underdark. There are a series of spores down there which can be very useful for crafting tattoos. I look I look at Lyra and go, <laughs> oh spores. Funny you mention that. We are very likely just about to be headed down into the Underdark. Um, what kind of mushrooms are they? Kind of my special specialty. And then, as she sort of like gestures out, it's just spores. <laughs> yes, uh, I am not sure of the name in your tongue, but it is a uh, a branching uh, bracket fungus, dark black and purple. The spores collect on the underside of the ribbings of the fruiting body, but uh, it is dangerous to get too close without wearing protection around the nose and mouth. The spores burn uh, in contact with uh, the mouth, nose. But if you were, 
If you're wondering what ingredients or what tattoos I could use this in, there is a tattoo known as a connoisseur's tattoo. This spore, I think I could use in it. The tattoo goes across your neck and partially onto your tongue. But whenever you bite into food, you can determine what the food tastes like. You can choose it and you can purify food, rendering it free of poison and disease. That sounds rather useful. Uh, that's cool. Hmm. Any particular uh, storage concerns we need to have if we happen to find some of these spores? I mean, is just a glass vial fine or is it a glass vial sort of is perfect. There are very few things which you cannot store in a glass vial. I recommend it to all of my collectors that are out in the fields uh, collecting items for me. No, you have done the very best thing. We'll definitely keep an eye out for that. Um, and thank you. Um, we'll keep an eye out for the, you know, anything else that seems cool. Um, I'll keep this one on me, or if you, you know, seriously, if you just want to research it or whatever, you can have it. <laughs> like, oh, that you is just very freely cool. giving it to them. Thank you. Um, thank you. I, I, as I, as I, as this conversation is happening, I, um, I, I, I sort of uh, have a little bit of a laugh to myself, and I sort of look at the, at, at this at this individual. And I uh, so say, uh, it goes without saying you're probably an expert in, in body modification, perhaps, uh, so to speak. Um, you wouldn't happen to know, perhaps, how this came about. I'm going to show her the, um, the, 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 the quartz, the crystal, just to see. Ah, uh, the artifacts. Yeah, 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 the artifact. The figure cocks their head and leans in close. You watch as they slowly reach down and peel off the leather glove, revealing faintly glowing blue skin marked with these intricate lines of swirling bioluminescent dots and slight webbing between the fingers. Whoa. Fuck yeah, that's so sick. They gently place their hand upon your your claw, Niles. Yeah. Their skin is cool to the touch, and as they trace the outline of the... A giant artifact embedded into your skin there's a sudden momentary static shock as they pull their hand back and then quickly slip it back inside the glove hmm. interesting uh, I am not familiar with this type of implant I myself do not uh, perform or work with items embedded into the skin or flesh that is uh, hemomancy, with which I am no longer interested. Uh, my focus is the skin, artwork and artistry that you can do upon its surface, body being a canvas for light. No, this is not something with which I know. Where did you come across such an item, if I may be so curious? Well, it's, uh, it was a bit of an accident. Um... I believe it has may have something to do with the with giant tech uh something uh, we we inadvertently activated and seems to as a as a result of that activation seems to have embedded itself in our uh, in our in our arms here um the figure leans in a little bit closer and you watch as they reach into one of the pouches on almost like a fanny pack that's strapped to their waist they spin uh, around to the front reach in and pull out a pair of goggles which they fastened their head. Turning some dials, you watch as lenses on the goggles begin moving out, one Whoa. slightly further than the other, and a very soft red and green sheen to the left and right eye, uh, almost like 
the vintage 3D goggles, <laughs> the 3D Heck glasses. Yeah. That's so sick. As they lean in and look closer. Ah, I see patterns of light. Beautiful. Stay there a moment. Keep your hands steady. I will be right back. And the figure rushes over to the far side of the room, pulls open a drawer in a series of uh, almost like tables that are are lined with drawers underneath. I I suppose like benches is the best way to describe it, like chemistry benches. Reaches in and pulls out a notebook, comes back and begins sketching. You watch as they very quickly and very deftly begin creating these flowing lines. They don't move from line to line in a cohesive way. It's almost random. Suddenly they'll draw a line across one half of the page, move down to the bottom. But over the course of about 30, 40 seconds, an image suddenly begins to form out of these random chaotic lines. At first it looks organic, and then it begins to shift and change, taking on harsher, more straighter edges until in the very center of the page, Surrounded by these flowing, almost like wave-like lines, is a very harsh, almost monolithic-looking diamond, composed of hard edges with a central circle, the edges of which the figure has fuzzed by licking the tip of their finger and and marking away Hmm. at the, the pencil marks to give it this distorted fuzz. Cool. Ah, this design is so beautiful. Harsh, but gentle. Feels like the flow of time itself. Ah, thank you for this gift. They bow, and then close the notebook. That's a, that's not a problem. Would it be possible to elaborate? I mean, I know it's it's kind of hard to d- describe uh, art, I guess, but you mentioned that it feels like the flow of time itself. Um, is it something to do with the design itself, or is it a particular imagery that you've seen before? It is what I see. It conjures a feeling of an ocean current pushing along. When you fight the current, you exhaust yourself. You are dashed against the rocks and coral. But if you flow with the current, gently moving, immerse yourself in it, travel forwards, I don't know, it was a sense that time is the same looking at it. Had a feeling of clockwork and order. But I felt this river, this current pushing along as well, like a flow to it. It is hard to describe. It is a feeling. I sometimes get feelings when I see things. Patterns in the light. Patterns in the shadow. Hmm. That's really cool. Thank you. Thank you, yes. Uh, sorry, I didn't catch your name. Did, uh, my name is Niles, by the way. Um, pleasure to make your acquaintance. And yes, Lyra and uh, Ember, my other companions here. Uh, yes, um, this one has no name, but it is a pleasure to meet you nonetheless. Hmm. I go by Inkspren. If ah, that is as per the... Uh, of course. It is easiest. Uh, your people's... You seem to attach identities so quickly and easily, personify things. Uh, I find it easier to uh, to work without such constraints, but it is inconvenient to not have a, ni- a name, so I use Inkspren. Hmm. Well, it was a pleasure to meet you. Likewise. 
well, I best get ready for my next appointment. If there's oh, anything oh, further course. I may assist with, please let me know. If you wanted to make an appointment, you can come back anytime. Indeed, I think uh, you've given us quite a bit to think about, and uh, we will be going to the Underdark shortly, so if we do find anything down there that we may think interests you, we'll be sure to bring it back. Yes, please, that would be much appreciated. Um, oh, sorry, just before we go, uh, you mentioned, sorry, just with the, with the hand thing, you mentioned a he moment, so do you, would you know anyone, maybe you in the city, that would be worth talking to about these things? Oh, that art is lost for a good reason. Best it stay that way, and best you forget that word. Indeed. Thank you. The figure nods. Oh, sorry, Sai. What were you saying? Can you recommend? Do you recommend the uh, little fish pastry? Fish pastry. Oh, the the bakery up, up above. Bakery next door? Hmm. Oh. I do not go outside very often. Is there a bakery there now? Indeed. Yes. Then I, su- I suppose I do recommend it. The figure looks very confused. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Maybe we'll uh, we'll bring one for you next time. Oh, to masticate, to to eat, to um. Uh, the figure shudders visibly. I- I kind of like lean down and whisper like, don't worry, in my culture it's customary to chew the food first to give to the young. So uh, if I could masticate the food for you. If, uh. if, if, if. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got the name of the episode. Um, let me masticate that for you. <laughs> hey, I was, I was wondering... I was wondering what we could do. I was wondering what we could do to help, like, increase like the uh, the click chance on our videos. I think that would work. Um, I think that would work. The only thing I would add to that, though, Matt, is that birds don't chew. What they do is they oh, swallow things, partially digest them, yeah. and then vomit yeah. that back up again. I don't know. I don't know. I'm also, but I'm also part man. I'm like a, I'm like a humanoid bird, so like, go anywhere with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Holy shit. Uh, I'm obviously not going to call the episode that. <laughs> I think that's going to attract the wrong Let kind of crowd. Let me partially digest this for you. <laughs> I, um, I, just, I just say, just, just, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> See, that's made you quite uh, uncomfortable. The, the figure kind of shudders a little bit. The, very hard to tell expression with so much of their face and body covered, but the expressions you're kind of getting through the body language itself indicate a profound sense of discomfort. Uh, Nars just laughs. Uh, <laughs> don't, 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 don't worry, I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put anyone through that. That would be rather rather awful. Perfect. Um, <laughs> but no, don't, uh, uh, don't worry. Um, I'm sure if we find anything on our travels, we'll be sure to drop by and, uh, and uh, drop them off. Thank you. Well, ta-ta. Good luck with uh, your next client. Uh, and, uh, we'll be seeing you. Indeed. See you again soon, hopefully. May you not perish in the depths of the Underdark, lost in the darkness forever. We'll do our best. Okay. Yes, what Lyra said. Um, Ta-ta. Lyra and Ember, you guys would both have pretty high passive perception, wouldn't you? Given that you're both wisdom-based for druids. I'd say it's probably like 14, 16. 15? 16? 16. Mine is also 15 as well. 15 as well. 
Person thirteen. Thirteen. I'm out. Not as wise, but that's okay because thirteen. Thirteen is enough. Um, as you go to walk down the stairs, leaving behind the figure, finally something that's been bothering you this whole time becomes apparent. It's that moment of discomfort that you saw from the figure, the the sort of shrug that they did, and this this feeling of discomfort suddenly alerted you to movements that you've not seen, that you really should have. At no oh. point during the conversation did their jaw or mouth move underneath the dark leather. Oh! Okay! <laughs> and as you think about it a little bit longer, it's very hard to remember what their voice even sounded like. Oh! oh very cool. Okay. I'm guessing by the hand, if they live underwater, I mean, it's... Surely sound-based communication wouldn't be the way to go. That's true. Yeah. Uh, as you guys make your way back downstairs and outside, you can see that the bustling streets, despite the sunlight and the, the warm light shining, the multiple a multitude of colours from the nearby markets, there's something about them that doesn't quite compete with the colours that you saw inside the tattoo parlour the beautiful glowing lines, even the stylistic ones, there was a feeling of realness to them. And for the next five or six minutes as you begin walking around, there's almost a feeling of mutedness and disorientation before that feeling begins to fade and you begin to get used used to, again, the, the sights and sounds of the outside world. But there is a profound sense of oddness that sticks around, yeah, for about five or six minutes as you walk around outside. Um, as you do so and begin making your way around the, the nearby uh, market district, where would you guys like to head next? Or did you guys want to have a quick chat between yourselves now that you are outside of the tattoo parlor? I would have gone straight to the bakery next door. Yeah. Straight <laughs> to the bakery. <laughs> <laughs> I should have known. Um, yeah. The line for the bakery has somewhat abated, given that you were inside the tattoo parlor for, I'd say, probably about like half an hour or so. Um, yeah. The lunch rush uh, has somewhat uh, chilled out a little bit. And as you get in line for the bakery, there's only about five or six other people in front of you. And the line is moving fairly quickly. As you get to the inside of the bakery, you can see that there are beautiful breads lined up uh, on one side of the um, one side of the cabinet on display, various sizes and shapes, along with a special um, cabinet just for travel breads. These would be breads that are designed to last for a very, very long time for people out at sea or for people who are traveling around. Given that this is on the docks, makes a lot of sense for this stuff to be here. Um, to the far left-hand side of the bakery are much more artisanal items. Pies, pasties, sausage rolls uh, on a what looks like some sort of heated rock. This um, large section of granite that glows very faintly with this heat. And to the left of that, on a granite block glowing very faintly with this light blue frost that t- uh, almost like uh, grows like little crystals around the outside of the, the stone slab, you can see what look like a number of sweet pastries. Things like sweet rolls, custard tarts. And in the lower cabinet, only five of the <gasps> fish treats are left. No. These, like, almost... Uh, now that you can see them a bit closer and you're inside and you've had a bit of a chance to look around, you can see that it almost looks like a donut style pastry, a very soft, fluffy dough that has been deep-fried on the outside, lightly dusted in cinnamon and sugar. Um, there's no description of what's actually in it. It just says fishy treat. 
on the sign. <laughs> That's all it says. Um, as you get closer to the front of the queue and then finally up to the counter, um, you can see that there is only one woman currently manning the entire store. There's the sound of people frantically working behind. You hear the occasional shout out of, Moto! Like, I dropped the yeast! Just coming from behind the, uh, <laughs> as if people are frantically working in the, uh, the bakery behind the actual storefront. The woman is a half-elf. You'd say probably half-wood elf, judging by the slight copper tan to her skin, auburn hair that's been tied back and actually covered in what looks like a cloth hairnet. Um, she looks like she has been run off her feet. And as you get to the front of the line, she goes, Hello, dearies, what can I get you? Uh, before I order, is there anyone in line behind us? Yeah, there's yeah. about um, about six or seven people behind you. Uh, okay. All right. Should we just get the three? And she, I guess she looks at the others for yeah. confirmation. Got a nod. Yes, yes, yes. Should we get all five? Maybe a couple for our other friends that have gone off to look at other things? Oh, well, and Wiltix was coming, so maybe we could give one to him too. But yes, maybe maybe the others would like one too. Sorry. I think we, we get all five. I don't mean to rush you, but there's a lot of people in oh, line. Oh, yes, yeah, sorry, sorry. No, we'll take all five of the, uh, of the, of the fishy treats, was it? Uh, yes, we'll take five of those. Of course you will. She reaches below the counter, pulls out a paper bag, uh, a very large paper bag, and begins, begins like grabbing tongs loading the fishy treats into a bag. Uh, uh, I hope that... Uh, mm, I was... No, never mind. I don't want to uh, hold up the line. I will, uh, As she will ties me. the bag off and places it on the counter, she goes, Ten silver pieces. Sure. I just hand her the ten silver. You just had her a gold, actually. I've realised the conversion yeah, is ten to one. So you just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, ten to one. <laughs> I would say, though, that probably like working for a bakery, she's used to working with the lower denominations yeah, yeah probably i slide i slide her a gold yeah she takes the gold chucks in the till nods to you and goes next <laughs> looks past you, you to the people behind you as as you step to the side um a very very tall muscular leonin stands behind on his shoulders parting through peering through the mane is a small leonin cub Fishy treat, fishy treat, fishy. And then there's this sudden silence. And then you hear, I am sorry, my little one. Unfortunately, we were too late once again. (laughs) (laughs) From the back of the, uh, the back of the Leonin. And he watches the cup scrambles down and uh, starts like running to the cabinet and like claws out, scratches through (laughs) the glass, leaving this like, as it cuts down. The father goes, no, no, my little Simba, please no. Reaches down and picks up the uh, the little Leonin cub, puts him on his back. You watch as another Leonin, this one with much less um, vibrant mane and a large scar down one side, steps in. Looks and goes, ah, what a shame. Too late to help your son once again, Mufasa. <laughs> and then the three of them... <laughs> Laura <laughs> takes, takes her fishy treat out of the bag and hands it up to the cub without saying anything. <gasps> fishy treat! And the cub then begins like, just like destroying this thing. <laughs> um, you watch the, the scarred Leon Leone sort of looks over and goes, ah, stands out, stalks outside the door. The uh, the taller, golden-maned uh, Leone looks towards you and goes, that was very generous. I thank you, stranger. Please, let me reimburse you. And he oh, reaches oh, into his oh, pocket. Oh, that's not it. That's a problem. Don't worry about it. It's nice to see Kid happy. I thank you. 
Your generosity today will not be forgotten. Yes, and let it be known that it was the Tempest Guild that assisted you today. <laughs> I will remember. <laughs> yes. With generosity like that, I would not be surprised if one day everything the light touches would be yours. <laughs> um, well, there's, and, a, there's a little uh, saying in my culture. It's Hakuna uh, Matata. Ah, it's yes. <laughs> yes, so I was about to say the same thing to my son before you handed him the fishy treat. Oh, wow. What a coincidence. <laughs> That's a what crazy a coincidence. What, what's it mean? <laughs> <laughs> Don't, Don't break it to song. Don't break it to song. <laughs> Disney, Disney did not like it when you do that. <laughs> I can just hear in the background, oh, I'm going to stab him. <laughs> everyone, everyone knows that Mickey's a psychopath. Um, I'm now, I'm now beginning to think that the fishy treat is just like crushed up bugs. Like, it's just <laughs> no comment. No, <laughs> no comment. I mean, I mean, I mean Nas probably would be into it. I mean, but uh, but everyone else, I don't know. As you guys step outside back into the line, you can hear um, the sounds of people going, "Oh, what!" As the shopkeeper rushes out and places a sign on the door which says, no more fishy treats, come back tomorrow. (laughs) As people look around and notice you leaving with a bag, glares are directed your way. You watch as one man, this, um, I'd say probably like mid-30s human, reaches down to his knife belt and just places a hand on the (laughs) the hilt of the knife, just muttering under his breath as he watches you guys leave. just in front of him, a young girl, probably about nine or ten, looks towards you, looks like fingers to the eyes, fingers to your eyes, if you catch her eyes, and then draws a line across her throat <laughs> So you guys make your way out of the bakery. Uh, no, obviously none of that happens. Um, as you make your way out of the bakery, people look disappointed, but otherwise, uh, otherwise I mean, okay. I'm people can be crazy, though. Like, people can get crazy for shit. That yeah. is true. Especially for baked items, like, damn. Mm. Yeah. I'm just channeling an experience I had in Sydney once with this when I went to a uh, bakery in, uh, I think it was Newtown, that had recently oh, opened, yeah. and people people were insane, like genuinely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just channeling that experience for this. Um, oh, I, I've seen the lines in the city for like cronuts in Melbourne, and they're like mm. an hour long just to get cronuts. It's, yeah. it's wild. Anyway, I get it. As you, as you make your way away from the bakery, are you partaking of your fishy treats now? Perfect. Ooh, yeah. I don't think I would have made it out of the bakery before I started smashing it down to see that. Oh, so in that case, yeah. then, yeah, as people watch you walking out eating the last fishy treat, I, I take it back. Hands do go to daggers. Like, you watch as that young girl just, like, eyeballs. She's, like, up to your, like, I'd say calf, given that you're seven and a half, which is, like, nine years old. But she goes, like, watching you, mister. <laughs> Finger across the throat. Um, Alrighty. As you bite into this baked good, it is indeed very similar to almost like a cross between a waffle crispiness and a donut softness underneath. The cinnamon sugar on the outside is actually not too sweet, which works really well with the filling. As you bite into this bright green filling, your mouth is filled with this kind of slightly gooey, slightly chewy substance that has this very strange but very pleasant flavor, very similar to like a green tea. And as you begin to chew, I taste tastes really good. You're quite enjoying it. I, I wasn't I wasn't gonna do the, the crushed bugs. I thought about it. It was definitely like yeah. as soon as as soon as I had this idea of like 
dropping the the bakery. I was like, oh, it'd be really funny if like there's only a few of these left, and uh, yeah. Mufasa, Scar, and Simba walk in as Leonin because that's a fun thing to do. And then I thought, oh, yeah, that's a fun I could do crushed bugs Perhaps just to fuck with us. <laughs> yeah. I was just going with the whole like Hakuna Matata bit, you know. That was like, good. But yeah, Ember, as you bite into it, it's it's really pleasant. I mean, I would say given that you're a fur bulk, you've probably tasted similar teas before. Like the the um, teas, herbal teas are very popular in fur bulk society. Um, oh. Often uh, alcoholic fur bulk teas. There's a very particular um, spiced drink known as like a methylaglin, which is sort of a little bit like a mead, but spiced with herbs. So it often has like a bit of a herbal kind of flavor to it as well. This is not too dissimilar to that kind of like, there's a slight herbal flavor, but a sweetness as well. And it's really nice. And the texture is bizarre. Having that crispy outer filling, sorry, crispy outer layer, then with this like gooey, chewy filling. I guess the closest thing I can relate it to is like a very soft boba as you chew. Well, obviously I'm really enjoying this. Uh, Lara and Niles <laughs> watching me or seeing me eat or like, you know, depending on I mean, what order uh I imagine we're all kind of walking together, so I'm, I'm probably like catching a glance, like unless you're trying to eat it secretly. Um, I don't know. I was going. Oh, no, no. I was just going to see if I can do a performance check to try and convince you that they're disgusting, so I can oh, try and find it. <laughs> definitely. Well, you were probably more keen to eat it, so you'd, you'd probably be first, like to, to start on it, and you'd be like, "Oh, this is so terrible." Yeah, yeah. Make oh, me performance check. Me. Let's let's get it. Yeah. Oh God, this is this is hilarious. Eight. <laughs> okay, can you give me an eight-worthy performance of, oh, this is the worst, guys. Oh. <laughs> Obviously, gleam on my face and then go, oh, no, guys, don't, you don't want to, you don't, don't want to partake in the, uh, the fishy treats. It's, and then he uh, watches Ember licks his lips. Yeah. Oh, really? That's bad. So temper? <laughs> kind of like laugh a little bit. <laughs> terrible. Terrible. <laughs> oh, terrible. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dearie me. I got, I got to see how terrible it is then for myself. Um, uh, I, I, it's I, like I, a bit of disappointment in my face, and I'm like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as you... As you Eat them down. There's a there's a faint warmth still to them, and the um, the outer cinnamon layer uh, provides almost like a little bit of warmth to it as well. As you begin to um, partake of the fishy treats, they're really nice. Why why there's a pattern of a fish? You've got no idea, but they're really good. Lyra's seriously conflicted now because she's like. In her mind, she'd already given hers up, and then the others were for Harry, Thrain, and Wiltix, and so she's like, Damn, You already didn't have enough for Harry, Thrain, and Wiltix. You only had enough for had Harry, five. Thrain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we needed six for it to be enough for everyone. <laughs> so, I mean, there's not enough. You may as well. You may as well. And then split the, split the last one into thirds, right? Yeah. No complaints here. We don't breathe the word of this to any of them. <laughs> Oh, no. yeah. There was only right. one left, wasn't there, Lyra? <laughs> and we just split, we split it. No, no, we we gave it to the kid. We gave it to the kid. Yes, yes, yes. We yes. Give it to the kid. Courtesy Perfect. of the Tempest Guild. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right, all three of you eating the fishy treats. Um, mm -hmm. As you finish and begin like licking your fingers and enjoying it, suddenly you feel a bit of a warmth in your stomachs. Oh. And you watch as your vision begins to fade almost to black, 
pinhole coming in around you. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> okay. As you stare into the void of blackness, a voice speaks to you. You really shouldn't have eaten those. Uh, no, none of that happens. Uh, you just enjoy the fishy treats and they're great. Um, <laughs> it's just really nice. Sorry. <laughs> I couldn't resist fucking with you guys. Oh. No, they're, they're really good. You just enjoy them. You, as you head down the marketplace, you can see a lot of jealous stares directed your way from various uh, residents of Oxenfurt. Um, you see one boy ahead of you currently devouring his fishy treat. And as he looks up to you and smiles, you can see like the green goose seeping between his teeth as he goes like, yeah, <laughs> and continues eating. <laughs> what are in me (laughs) do i need to do like a medicine check like yeah 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 yeah, of course you can Uh, if this is is really high 17 That's pretty good. It's only it's only because you're sort of meandering through the markets that you suddenly make this connection Lyra, you happen, you just happen to be walking past uh, a fishmonger's stall. And as you, like, you finished off your fishy treat, you're enjoying it, you're feeling really good. And as you step past the, the store, as you just about to continue on, you suddenly stop your eyes having caught sight of something a bit oddly familiar. As you look down, you see on a tray a series of what almost look like long cylindrical sea cucumbers mottled on the outside with very large warts. And you can see that the person behind the stand is squeezing this bright green juice out of these warts on the sea cucumbers into vials. (laughs) It's very similar in color. Uh, I don't even know. Uh, can I walk up? Can I walk up to the fishmonger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you step up, um, the uh, Malor and Orc uh, looks to be in his late sort of forties, fifties, graying hair tied back into these beautifully kept dreadlocks. Yeah, what is it? How can I help you? Hey, I, I couldn't help but uh, catch the uh, the sea cucumbers that you were harvesting from just before. Around, it, it's that it looks really, really familiar to a um. To a herbalism product that I used to get way back home. Um, this doesn't have like really cool addictive properties to it, does it? No, 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 no addictive properties. Just tastes really good when you boil it down. Add a bit of sugar. It uh, also is good at uh, deoxygenating uh, bad oxygens. How much are these uh, sea cucumbers? For the whole thing? Or just the green juice, one or the other? I can give you a vial of green juice for eight copper. Oh, sweet. Um, hey, Niles, could I borrow a couple of silver? <laughs> oh, yeah. Niles, I need money. <laughs> I gave you all my gold. <laughs> I'm buying sea cucumber pus. <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you. I, can I, can I, I love uh, it. <laughs> five, five vials, please? Uh, of course you can. Yeah, no problems at all. You want me to wrap them up for you? Yes, please. He pulls out some butcher's paper, Um, grabs out four vials each one looks like it so when i say vials they're, they're actually probably about a cup excuse me um so that's eight cups of this stuff that you have if that's what you want um on the i i Niles is just gonna say on their own without uh, without being added to to sugar it, it tastes any goods or, or what yeah i wouldn't do it if i was you 
I've been uh, told that it tastes like a uh, butthole. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> Good to know. I'll, it's um... mostly the deoxygenating properties that sounded cool. Yes. Oh, um, I, I don't think legally I'm allowed to say that. It's just something people say about it. Yeah, sure. Good to know. I'm always down do for have, experimentation. Do you have anything else in your collection uh, here that might be uh, might have different properties or he anything else that you have? Gestures to trays of ice with fish on them. <laughs> I got a lot of fish. Oh, and some I crab. Can, I, can, I can see that, yes. But what about uh, anything like the sea cucumber? Do you have anything else that might have any sort of interesting properties? No, I, I wouldn't even stock these if they weren't so uh, easy to fish. Oh, oh, okay. Good to know. Uh, thought they might have been from the dark depths of the ocean, perhaps. Uh, no, I fished them see. out of the canal, as he points down behind him. <laughs> I do not know the sea very well. I'm from the mountains. I'm an owl. <laughs> yeah, you sure you want these? Just make sure you boil uh, them with plenty of sugar, eh? My, my, my friend here seems pretty adamant. Um, you know that you have like two liters of this stuff now. Oh yes. You never know what you can do with random stuff. Fine. I, I mean, would I would I mean, be reticent to use more than a tablespoon in like three cups of water with some sugar. <laughs> hey, maybe I'm gonna throw it at them and I really don't like you know? It goes really thick and viscous when you boil it too, it becomes almost like a, a paste. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh like I said, you never know what you're going to come across. I mean, I put a bunch of uh, mushroom ashes in a vial, and it turns out it was a treasure to someone. I mean, I carry on this stuff for a couple of days, you never know who I'm going to run into that wants it. It's true. It's weird, the bakery buys lots of this stuff from me too. Yeah, funny that. Yeah, people seem to be going nuts for treats at that bakery. Wait. He looks back. How much silver are they charging for each one of those fishy treats? Uh, it was built for five. Hmm. Maybe I could cut out the middleman. Depends on how good you are at making fish molds. I mean, do you oh, have I'm a terrible. Team, do you have a whole team of bakers behind you? Because, like, they did not sound like they were having a good time in there. No, they did not. Hmm. Right I will look feet. into this. Thank you. This is good, good business acumen. Thank you. Yeah. I think it might be popular with the Leonin as well. So maybe uh, that, that could be a good target for you. You could do the lion-shaped ones. Or yeah. Oh, yes. Do you think they would be happy eating, like, little representations of their face? Ooh. Maybe you could turn it into, like, a like a fun bone shape or something. I don't know. It could be fun. A fun it would be easier shape. to make a bold, uh, a mold. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I will think on this. When you come back and I am famous and rich, you can have as many sea cucumber pus squirts as you need. I'll take you up on that offer. How lucky! That's <laughs> <laughs> what we've always wanted. <laughs> My goodness. My associates will be so pleased. Mm. You can use it as an aftershave as well. A few dabs on the neck. Oh. I, I, I wonder how it goes as a, as a salve. I, I do malt in the, win, uh, in, the, uh, in the summer. Uh, I wonder if that would be good for uh, maybe the itching. Well, it's good for clearing a pathway if you're walking somewhere. Mm. It stinks as well. Oh. Oh. I was going to uh. say, it melts snow? <laughs> no. 
Snow is too scared to go near it. <laughs> nah, he doesn't say that. Well, well this has been a very illuminating conversation. Um, you say you're buying five files, so that's two liters yeah. that you've just yeah. purchased. So they were eight. Was it eight? Did I say eight copper? Yeah. Three, three silver and six copper. Are you sure you yeah. want to do this? No. Yeah. No, sorry. Four, four silver because it's five vials of eight. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Lyra's Lyra pretty keen. Well, I was just thinking it could be handy in the Underdark. Like, if we need to distract something with smell, if we need to it's win true. someone over with a mystery food, like the giant's like food. <laughs> you, you, honestly, this campaign has taught me to always just have weird shit ready to go. Like, <laughs> Jared's pastries last last campaign came in so clutch. So many times. <laughs> so I, I'm like, I don't know, man. This could be handy. You never it's know. a good yeah. point. It's a good point. The funny thing, of course, being that this is entirely improvised in this moment and now it's going to become like a major part of the canon yeah. <laughs> this campaign yeah. heading forwards yeah. like all the best stuff is that's um, exactly yeah. right perfect um as you guys make yeah shit <laughs> although obviously it won't use actual uh plus it'll use green tea you'll use matcha <laughs> yeah sure it will <laughs> first you take the secret command you squeeze it for its juices no need to filter. All of those little particles, they are the protein. I just, I just imagine that bit from uh, uh, Rick and Morty. Oh, you take, you take the floor from there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to make the, uh, what is it they're making? The um, oh, I can't, I can't plumbus. The plumbus. plumbus yeah. I was thinking Futurama, the slurm. Yeah, I was thinking slurm as well. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I was I was channeling Slurm for that. That's definitely the reference I was going for there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, originally, I was going to make it much more obvious and have it be like a giant worm above the bakery that they let go up and milk. Then I thought, no, nah, that's a bit on the nose. <laughs> it's a bit far. No, I, 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 I like this better. Yeah, see, cucumber somehow seem less bad. <laughs> yeah, how does that work? It's an animal still, just so you know. Sea cucumbers aren't, like, I know they're called a cucumber, but they're not a vegetable. They're an animal, like a starfish. Oh, yeah. oh, you know. And their mouth and anus is the same hole. So then, what are the wards? <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> <laughs> so. I mean, the, pe the people love them. So maybe it's a secret ingredient. It's true. Um, that we may need. What would you guys like to do next? <laughs> I, think we're having a, I think we're having a really good time. In this. this is just <laughs> the best. Lyra's just thinking of about 101 different uses, or potential uses for this smelly pus. Juice. Is it um? Is it safe to assume that you put that in the bag of holding, Lyra? Uh, if you, you don't want mind, make, making sure it's very well wrapped, yeah. like okay. no chance of breakage. Yo, I love the idea of you reaching into the bag of holding and your hand just squishes into the solidified pus, and as you pull it back out, everything's stuck inside. You have to excavate it like some sort it's of like, um, like, like sensory, yeah, yeah like <laughs> it's, like, it's like a little sensory activity to excavate all the stuff from the slime. Oh, wow. <laughs> Perfect. Alrighty. What would you lovely people like to do? Um, I think I need a drink after all this. Yeah, fair enough. As you make your way... So you go. So you go. I was just saying, let's go to the pub. Let's go to the pub. Yeah. Perfect. As you make your way back up towards the uh, area around the night hall, you would have passed a number of taverns and inns on your way there. Um... Probably the one that would stand out. Actually, tell you what, let's not let's not have me describe that. I would like you to roll me. Can each of you please roll me a D eight? 
That's Four a five. from Lyra, two from Ember, five from Niles. Okay. Uh, okay, here we go. The inn that draws your eye as you're making your way back up um, is actually located quite close to the university. As you meander your way back, taking a few of the side streets, you come close to the university district. And probably an easy walk to it is what looks like a combination between a student tavern and an area for people of the general population to mix together. Um, it's called the Thirsty Sage, and on the outside of the sign, you can see a person in very stylized wizard robes pouring a flagon into their mouth, and leaves are pouring out of it, what look like sage leaves. Um, and their hat proudly proclaims them to be a wizard with two Zs uh, on the hat. Yeah. Uh, red robes, red hat, um, very scrawny looking fellow, the wizard with um, very haphazard facial hair. As you step inside, you can see that the tavern, given that it's probably been, I'd say probably another half an hour with you guys heading to the bakery and hanging out around the markets, maybe then another 15 minutes to walk back, probably sort of getting to mid-afternoon. Most of the classes for the afternoon have probably just started to finish and the tavern isn't full, but you can see a number of probably students from the university, young men and women making their way, still some of them in uniform, uh, on their way to the tavern. Um, obviously being a university, uh, this is people very much over the age of sort of 18, 19 for the most part, making their way into the, into the tavern, grabbing regular booths and things like that. But a number of other people just townsfolk and travelers are there as well inside it looks like there are two people manning the bar you can see a halfling with bright rosy cheeks um, standing on a stool behind a series of large taps copper pipes leading up into the roof uh, from where he's uh, seated which then travel all along all of the tables the pipes coming down into the center of each table with a large spigot and a small outlet um, a number of glasses are arranged on a circular, uh, almost like a lazy Susan, like a, a rotating uh, circular wooden board. Uh, glasses are arranged, stacked there, that's uh, held in place by a small fence around the outside of the lazy Susan, small bracket. Uh, as you uh, step in, the um, halfling's partner, a, uh, a very, very beautiful, stunning-looking high elf, leans down, gives him a kiss on the head, and then walks towards you. It's hard to know how old she is. Her face looks very timeless. She could be anywhere between, I guess the human equivalent would be anywhere between like 20 and 40, but really no way to tell. Given that she's a high elf, she could be anywhere between 100 to four, 500 years old. And as you step into the tavern, she smiles, heads on over with some menus and passes them to you. Welcome, welcome. You are here for food and drink, no doubt, eh? Could I get you a table, a booth? Yes. Now, if you, if you don't mind me saying, I do not recognize your faces. Is this your first time to the Thirsty Sage? Ah, yes. So you will not know how things work here. Take a seat. Uh, when you want a drink, you call out to my partner, Phineas, behind the uh, the bar. You tell him what drink you want. He will activate the uh, the tap. It will travel through the pipes down towards your uh, bench, and then you may pour yourself drinks from there. Oh, wow. Brilliant. 
At the end, we can settle your tab uh, when you leave. There's no need to pay for drinks during. Oh, what innovation. <laughs> yes. Well, we had to keep a control on what the students were drinking somehow. Now, please come and take a seat. And she leads you through a number of busy benches to a uh, table with five seats uh, around a circular, um, almost like an overturned barrel that has had a, a large circular wooden wagon wheel uh, nailed to the top of it that then has been covered by a, uh, a full proper table and then tablecloth. Uh, please, if you have any questions, just shout out all the drinks on your menu here. She gives you a smile and a wave. If you just want to call out the number to Phineas of the drink you want, he will activate it through the pipes. Thank you. Did you want any food? Oh, I, I, I feel rather, rather full from that treat. Um, did anyone else want anything? Just the ale. Drink sounds good. Breathe. For now. With that, she bustles off and begins to greet new customers coming in. Um, as you look through the menu, there's a number of drinks. Most of them you would recognize. You can see there are um, ales, meads, um, lagers, stouts. There's also a mixture of drinks you wouldn't recognize. I should say there's also wines as well. Um, sweet whites, dry whites, peppery reds, full-bodied reds. But then at the bottom, there's a list of what are known as mixed drinks. And there's no real descriptions next to them. Um, just a name for each one. And then a very faint, almost like a flavor profile that's being made out next to each of them. Um, this is a cocktail menu at the bottom, essentially, like a fantasy version of a cocktail menu. Um, the first one is called uh, A Deep Breath, and it's described as being a refreshing breath next to it. Uh, oh, no, so I wouldn't say refreshing breath. It would say uh, refreshing uh, and cool next to it. Underneath is um, Dragon's Fire, uh, which is a peppery, bitey uh, sweetness. And then there's a number of others which list various types of fruity palettes and things like that. I'm not going to go through and list about like 40 cocktail flavors. Um, the feedback is, um, I think Simon's mic is just starting to pick us up again. So I've just briefly muted him for a second. It's all good. It occasionally happens. I think it happened last time. I'll just mute you when I meet you when, you, when you're talking. Because I've, I've got this open so I can see your faces anyway. Um, do you have headphones, Cy? Not at the moment. I have to get a, a new pair. My other one broke. It's uh, Amazon Prime Day tonight, so if you wanted to get some cheap. And I've muted him for that. Sorry, mate. Say again. I know what I'll be doing after this. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um, my question is, what would you guys like to order? Order. Ale for Ember. Easy. Yeah, still. First one, I guess. Yeah. So, do you guys want to go for one of the uh, one of the mixed drinks, or ale, beer, wine, cider? Oh, I think Nas is probably feeling a bit adventurous. You know, this is a very adventurous sort of experience he's having. So, he'll probably go for one of the um, mixed drinks. Mm. Yeah, would you go for? I, I, I described a couple, but like in the interests of keeping it uh, keeping it flowing, would you be keen on trying something sweet, spicy? I think the first few that I described the deep breath, which is cool and refreshing the dragon's fire which is like hot and spicy uh, and then some other fruity ones underneath it oh i think he, he's gonna go right into it he's gonna go for the spicy one spicy dragon's fire dragon's right. breath Perfect. yeah dragon's fire that's it yeah I that too. Uh, as ember calls out a one uh, which is the ale at the very top of the menu um there's actually a couple of different types of ale ember but i'm guessing you're just after like a standard like pale ale no messing around 
you basically want the equivalent of a furphy. Exactly, something very simple. <laughs> Perfect. As you call out a one, you hear a chorus from the students around going, Hey, one! <laughs> and there's a bit of laughter, and you watch as Phineas turns and goes, There's always someone who's not very adventurous. Oh, you can have yourself a one. <laughs> he pulls on a lever. You hear the sound of clunking as the pipes begin, sort of twisting and turning a little bit. And then as you reach over and pull the tap, Ember, um, your glass fills with a, a very golden amber ale. Fantastic. I will, I mean, quite thirsty at this point. I've had my treat. I'm going to uh, go drink it as quickly as I can. Perfect. It's cool. It's, it's like cooled. It's refreshing. It's not overly bitter. Um, there's no like very strong malts. It's just a very standard pale ale and it, it's good. Hits the spot. Um, as you guys call out number 37, which is the dragon's fire, there's a from around from some of the tables and you hear the sound of students going like banging the tables and chairs, like getting excited. And this is, this is happening all throughout. As soon as anyone orders oh, wow. anything, there's kind of like a bit of a culture of reacting to each of the orders. You can tell the regulars have this almost like a joke thing in place. The students having a wow. bit of fun. Phineas looks over at your table and goes, newcomers. All right. I'll give you a taste of the fire. <laughs> he reaches down and pulls another lever. Um, you'll be wanting to use the small glasses, and I would take my advice on that one. <laughs> he takes his advice. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. As you pull the lever on your table, um, you watch as this bright, fiery red liquid pours out into the smaller glasses. Um, these ones are roughly about, like, I'd say probably two-thirds of a cup in, uh, in volume. Oh. And as you fill it, the smell that comes off this is this hot spicy cinnamon and ginger and your eyes water for a second as you sort of like lean over and fill your glasses as you take a sip the first thing that hits your palates is a very moderate sweetness quickly replaced by a very hot cinnamon and ginger burn that passes down Ah. and over the back of your tongue as you sort of like take a breath in the burn intensifies ever so slightly. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and then as you swallow and then like have another breath, the sweetness begins to take back over your palate once again, replacing the, the heat with a, a very welcome sweetness. Um, all eyes are on your table as you drink these. I am going to get both of you to roll me a constitution saving throw, uh, just Heck to see yeah. what your reaction is. Constitution. Oh, no! <laughs> that's a five. That's not good. 20 from Niles. Niles, you take this like a champ. You just... Yeah. Not even a sip. You have a gulp. And yeah. you absolutely... Like, the burn is good. It is sweet. It is hot. It is nice. You enjoy this. No one's paying attention to you, though. No one sees this. Because oh. next to you, as Lyra takes... A big gulp as well. Not, I, I'd say probably going for the sip. Actually, no, no, no. I'm going to rephrase that. Lyra, you go for the sip, but you make the classic blunder of breathing in to like, to like suck oh, it in. Oh, yeah. She totally tried to shoot it. Like, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> She's like, okay. it's a giant shot. <laughs> okay. In wow. that case, then, as you try to shoot it, the burn, there's no sweetness. It's just the burn for you. There's the, you need the sip and the aeration to get the sweetness. As you down this, or attempt to down this, there's immediate burn in your mouth and your soft palate takes the brunt of it. A moment later, 
fiery red liquid begins to drip out your nose and the burn continues up the back of your sinuses and out your nose as you sit there going, <gasps> you watch as her eyes begin to drip with tears, not the red liquid. It doesn't get that high. <laughs> her eyes begin to just basically run with tears. And as you try and reach for the water nearby, Lyra, you knock the glass over as it spills and tumbles oh, down oh, onto the floor. No. You hear this collective, <gasps> from the students around you. As you just go, and they're like, another one takes the burn, and another one takes the burn. Singing along, having a grand old time at, uh, at your expense. She, she pulls out the endlessly abusable water and just shoots us oh, off yeah. in the face with it. <laughs> <laughs> you just go, guys, <laughs> out of your decanter of endless water. Um, yeah. A few moments later, the uh, the high elf who had welcomed you in walks over, places a very conciliatory hand on your shoulder, gives you a bit of a pat and passes some napkins down to you before waving her hands over the table and casting prestidigitation to clean up the mess. Nice. <laughs> Thank you, and I'm sorry. Just like stabbing her face. I, I like yeah. the thing in that. There's a brief moment where like Niles is like, "Oh, that was delicious. Wasn't that good?" Oh, oh my! By Bahamut! By the great wings of Bahamut! What has happened to you, child? Oh my yeah. goodness! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As yeah. you look over at Lyra, um, the all around you. Um, the tables are filling up with students. Similar things are happening. It is not just Lyra who struggles with this. There's another drink at the bottom called Gut Punch, which you watch a number of people order. And every time they do, there's this moment of hushed as all conversation stops. As they go, number 50. The, the, the bar just goes silent. And then you watch as Phineas, whatever he's doing, slowly turns and goes, your funeral. There's another pause. And then you watch as he reaches up, pulls down a lever, like this large tube from the ceiling, and then goes through this very elaborate, over-dramatized thing of connecting it, like standing back a little bit, like putting on some safety goggles as he pulls out an eyedropper and drops in just a drop of this green liquid into a uh, into a hopper that goes into the thing, like turns a big spigot and then all of the pipes around begin like blowing steam at the joints as it gets closer. You can you can see though that it is clearly um, his partner in the business casting minor illusion at each point. You can see her behind oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> to hype the tension. Um, what emerges at the other end is this very like aqua green liquid that pours out. They have to bring a special glass over for gut punch. It's a tiny shot glass, like half a shot glass. And you watch as people take it and then immediately their faces get sucked in as if they are drinking something impossibly sour. Wow. Niles is having a great time. Just FYI. He's loving us. Fantastic. Part of me would really love to see Thrain trying to drink that. I was literally thinking this. I was actually, do you know what was going through my head? Niles is probably thinking, like seeing all this and going, I wonder if they do to go. I'd like to get a bit of a, a, a traveler. I think what I know we, someone who would love this place. What we could do, because we are exactly at two hours right now. Amazing. We could wrap up here and have yeah. Harry and Thrain ask around and come and find you in here later. If you wanted yeah. to spend a bit of time here enjoying yourselves, um, taking yeah. a moment to rest and relax, perfect. Easy done. Yeah. I mean, the table's yours. There's two spare seats. So yeah. you're good to go. And while we're waiting for the others, um, if she's going to keep her ear out to hear if, like, I don't know if any of the uni students are taking classes on the Undertark. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, you know, I was... an excursion down there. Yeah. <laughs> 
could you roll me a perception check with disadvantage on account of you um, taking uh, Dragon's Fire to the soft palate and sinuses? 11, 25. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I was going to ask if I could do a similar thing, but more to do with the uh, Ganassi that we found in the... um, Definitely uh, definitely a perception check. If they knew of anyone or... Yeah, cool. Um, yep. I'm not going to give you advantage, even though you're a fucking legend, the way you took that shot. Just totally a normal fine. flat perception. <laughs> 19. Um, yeah, cool. No For mentions sure. of Ganassi Niles that grab your attention, but there is a lot of discussion around elemental magic. It seems like the popular topic of the month especially given the giants have recently come back to Nostea after being absent for so long, is understanding giant magic and runic magic and knowing that there's a strong correlation between runic magic and elemental magic. Almost all of the giant technology you've seen so far is powered by a mixture of one or more of the elements from the elemental planes. A lot of the stu- There's a lot of hushed discussion and very open, broad discussion about theories, hypotheses, classes that they're taking. Um, there's one research student there who's currently taking their PhD. Um, you watch as they sit with their thesis in front of them and slowly tear up each page one at a time into tiny scraps. And the person who comes and joins them next to them goes, Connor, I haven't seen you in ages. What's going on? He just tears another one. Oh, your thesis on why the giants disappeared. You watch oh. as he tears another page. Oh no! <laughs> what were oh, your dear. What were your theories again, mate? Picks up another page and tears it. Bad luck, mate. <laughs> Gives him a pat on the back oh. and walks off. I hadn't um, considered that as a possibility, but there you go. Yeah, yeah. Just thought that'd be fun. Um, That's hilarious. No, yeah, a lot of mention of elemental magic and understanding it, but nothing about Ganassi. Um, Lyra. Underdark. No specific mentions of like exploring the Underdark, grab your ears, but you do hear a discussion going on at the table behind you. Um, Two students who are clearly taking some sort of magiobiology, like magic biology, understanding the the, um, mixture of magic and biology in in creatures and understanding magical creatures, mention a creature that you have heard before in reference to the Underdark. They're talking about a creature called a Roper, Um, specifically talking about... Um, a new use that one of their professors has found for the tentacles um, in a potion of stone skin and discussing that um, if they could if they could only find some more roper uh, samples their professor could test this theory further cool just before we finish off uh, can she just sort of like sort of you know lean back over over to that table and it's like oh hey sorry you know couldn't help but over here um what professor was that that was after the um, the Roper samples? If, you know, we're just about to head down there. I mean, always down to help out a man of science, so. Oh, the the two girls at the table, like, like young 20s tops, uh, one half-elf, one human, uh, smile at you and give you a bit of like, a, oh, hi, um, yeah, um, I, I don't know if we're supposed to talk about that outside of class. Um, can you pretend you didn't hear anything? Didn't hear nothing. Um, you're looking for Professor Grell. All right. I didn't hear anything, but uh, if I happen to come across it, maybe someone will uh, make their way to them. There's a pause as if they're expecting you to react to Professor Grell. And when you clearly don't, they sort of look at each other and go, we said Professor Grell. 
and then look clearly expecting a reaction from you. The yes. only professor I know, sorry, is Griswold, but he's gone missing. Their eyes go wide. They go, oh my god, the mad professor. Yeah, he blew up half of the uh, artificing wing. Yeah, he does that. <laughs> We're also, so you, uh, you haven't heard of Professor Grell? No. Uh, if, if it helps, I was dead for a while. Uh... <laughs> There's a pause as the two girls sort of like look at each other and back at you, really confused. <laughs> That's got to be the weirdest excuse for not knowing someone I've ever heard. Yeah, I was dead for a while. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's kind of the equivalent of I was under, a, you know, I live under a rock. Wow, there was this, there was this pause, cool. and the uh, the blonde, uh, the blonde half elf looks and goes, "Oh my god, I could get out of my literature review by saying that." <gasps> I would advise uh, what Lyra has been through. It's a bit of an arduous uh, experience. Um, yeah. Unless like being, yes, unless you like your... Uh, I believe I heard from someone that it was like your body was separated for, and your soul was in the Feywild for a while. I, I would... Yeah. I would Rescued by the Fey, not looking forward to paying back that favor. Um, yeah. Uh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Is the reaction from the two girls? So, Professor Grill, what's it? What are they known for? They sort of look at each other and go, "You'll be fine." I didn't, <laughs> I didn't answer my friend's question. Uh, what's 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 Professor Grill known for? Why, who, um, who is this person? Professor Grill's amazing, fully cracked, but amazing. Oh. I wonder if our friend Crassus knows them. I say to Lara, like loudly, so they can hear. They they or, look at each other and don't seem to recognize the name. Uh, or if sorry. they're fully cracked, maybe now knows them. Ah! <laughs> ah! Oh my god! <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, trust us. You'll know Professor Grow when you see them. Not many other people have like bright red skin like him. <laughs> bright red skin, you say? Do you think? No. No. Okay, I'm troubled and won't be here. <laughs> There's like a pause as if they're not sure what to say next. Oh. Well, he's not like a Grell or something, is he? Like, it's just a name? Grell, Grell's his name. He's a... He's a, he's a hobgoblin. Oh. Oh. Cool. That's a... Well, hobgoblins are rare. I didn't think there were many in Oxygen. No, there's there's not many in uh, in Oceania. Um, hobgoblins are more found around the uh, the southern part of the Shattered Isles and. Oh Bonilla. wow! Yeah, okay. Yeah, this is extremely rare then. Yeah, there, there's not a large population of hobgoblins. Hobgoblins, their, their numbers dwindled during the ruin. Obviously, um, when yeah. the Betrayer Gods fought against the gods, and hobgoblins, goblins, and orcs were kind of deployed as the main ground troops against yeah. most of the the forces of the prime deities a number of the hobgoblins rebelled against the portray god same as the orcs did so the orcs that bound themselves to melora um and became the melora orcs they were all ones who refused to follow the um yep. the commands of grumush but the hobgoblins the ones who pulled themselves away from control never really replaced their god and yeah their numbers 
never really recovered in, in, in the way that the uh, the Maloranorks did. They're kind of, yeah, it's a pretty rare sight to see a hobgoblin in Oceania. Um, yeah, outside of the Shattered Isles or the small communities on Balmia, they're pretty rare. What does um? And this is this is an us talking now. What what does what does Professor Grell uh, specialize in? Sounds like a very interesting fellow. Yeah. Um, I think his latest title he sort of gets different ones, like every so often. Like he kind of gets oh. like bumped around different departments. But I think his latest title is head of cryptobiology. Oh, interesting. Could be good, Lyra. Might be able to uh, bounce some information off them. I'm saying the same thing. Well, definitely want the visit before we uh, head down to the Underdark, maybe. See if there's any other ingredients he wants. I mean, if we're down there anyway, we can do a fetch quest for people. We're putting together quite the shopping list, aren't you we? You pull out your journals and write down, fetch random shit <laughs> onto your, <laughs> your logbook update. Ba-boom. It's the Skyrim <laughs> quest. I see how expensive everything is. She's just like, I don't want to be relying on the gold for, on the yeah, for everything. True. That's very true. Perfect. Well, that might be a good place to wrap up, so that our two other players can come and join you guys in yeah, the um, uh, in the Thirsty Sage uh, next session. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, everybody. It's been lovely having you all here. We have uh, had a lovely time playing more Return of the Giants. If you are looking for past episodes, or you're looking for where to find all of our um, other things. You can do so. You can catch up on past things on our YouTube channel, which I thought I'd done a correct thing for, but it is not working. Maybe I'll try links. I'll try to remember which of the Twitch commands I've created, and I never can remember them because I am not so good at this. But if you want to catch past episodes of this or Avatar Legends or our um, uh, Tyranny of Dragons campaign or our current Curse of Stride campaign, you can do so over at YouTube. Um, if you just search at the Lost Archives D&D or Lost Archives D&D will come up as the first result. Um, otherwise, I have now successfully put the uh, the link in chat. <laughs> if you're watching this recording on YouTube uh, or on the podcast, thank you so much, you bloody legends. If you could do us a huge favor and hit that subscribe button, we are only about 75 people away from hitting wow. 1,000 subscribers. So if you could be a bloody legend and hit that subscribe button, we would be eternally grateful. And it means I can devote a bit more time and energy to creating awesome content, including the full guide to Nostea, which is a book I am working on in the background for anyone who wants to run our homebrew setting, uh, wants to run games in our homebrew setting. The wiki that we have is like kept pretty up to date and most of the information that I use is on there. There's some extra stuff I'm adding in as well as two new homebrew races I'm currently working on in the background as well. One of which you saw tonight. Uh, so that is all from us here tonight. Thank you so much. Remember, if you're in Brisbane this Sunday, come and watch me do D&D live at the Collector's Market. It's going to be really fun. And if it goes really well, we will be doing more live sessions as the Lost Archives, not just as guests with other people's D&D. But from all of us here tonight, stay safe, stay well. We will see you all again really, really soon. But until then, farewell, everybody. Goodbye! Bye, guys! See you later! See ya!